Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to Tone Talk with Mark Uzanski and Dave Friedman. We've got some awesome guests tonight. Um, Dave, how are you? And tell us who we've got for our guests. I've been better, but uh, we won't get into that. But um, <laughs> <laughs> nothing physically, just uh, drama. stress, stress, <laughs> drama. Yeah. Uh, hi, guys. How are you? Hey, how's it going? How are you? How are those pedals, Sean? What this? These old chestnuts? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're killer, man. Um, actually, uh, I've just been doing the uh, performance content on the uh, on the Dirty Shirley. Yeah, and uh, that's a great pedal. What are you using it into? <laughs> it's like I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> no, uh, I I'll find out eventually. <laughs> I, yeah, I know, right? No, I I generally. We'll use my my super clean amp. So for this one, um, I'm using the uh, the Sir Bella. Oh, cool! And just running it super clean. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's pretty much it's all pedal, and it's it's killing, man. It sounds great. Yeah, good, good, good. Yeah, super dialable EQ. Uh, it, it's it's got just the right amount of, especially in the there's a you know the tight switch. Yeah. There's like mm-hmm. a certain there's like a little more sag, even though you know obviously the tight switch does what it does, but when it's not in that position and things get a little bigger and more spread out, there's a little bit more of almost a kind of a sag or compression there that I, mm-hmm. that I was feeling. I was really digging. I mean, it's oh good. Yeah. It's been yeah, a lot good. of fun. Yeah. That, that, that tight switch is sort of like, uh, like as you, as you boost the mids a lot, the mids are really broad if you've noticed mm-hmm. and, yeah. it, and, and it can get a little much at times. Um, so that tight switch is to kind of tame that mm-hmm. um, a little bit, but Hey, you can dial it any which way. There's a bunch of ways you can dial it in. So yeah, that's the thing. I would say with that pedal, it's kind of just like your amp. It's like pretty much start at twelve o'clock is what I did with it, and then just started kind of moving from there. But yeah, it's that's a great box. And of course the the box of my I haven't recorded yet. I did I did play it, and uh, it's really impressive uh, for a boost yeah. box. Um, what I like uh, the thing I like is it's the sweep on the tight is really mm-hmm. cool. Um, that's about all I would need, but the fact that there is a three-band EQ there that's bypassable that you can mm-hmm. you can choose, yeah, that's yeah, it's good really stuff, cool. Man. Just so you know, because I didn't get a chance to talk to you, and I'm sure Rob doesn't relay this information. Um, the uh, the treble knob is a boost or cut on it. Okay, that's why it's indented. So that's why it's indented in the middle, which yeah. is flat, and the other two EQs are boosts only. So okay. it's zero. It's flat. Okay, cool. So the the okay. treble at half and the other two at zero would be flat. You kick that EQ switch in and out, you won't hear anything. And then cool. you can just go from there. It's like, what do I want to do with it? It can be a treble yeah. booster. Right. Could be a mid booster. Could be a more mids, less highs. Could be. Or yeah, or it could be that total just. It could be. Uh, you know, you could use it as a preamp for an acoustic guitar. Mm. Right. You right. could use it uh, into a DI for bass. Yeah, Give well, me some I, ideas here. I, it's hilarious. No, man, I was kicking myself because I did the bass pass for this, and then you know the bass sounded great. And all what I'll usually do because I don't care and I need all the help I can get is I'll usually add like a sans amp or something to it. Mm-hmm. And right after I got finished, I was like, yeah, that sounds alright. And I looked over at the the boost pedal. I was like, what? Why didn't I use that? It was sitting right there. <laughs> so yeah, so I'll use it. You know, when I when I actually do the uh, the demo for this guy, I'll make sure that I point out that I used it for bass as well. Yeah, you could try it, like even into a DI or or mm-hmm. anything, you know, for the bass, and see what it yeah. does. Actually, I, I haven't really played with a bass much, I, a little mm-hmm. bit, and it was like, wow, that's cool. 
Yeah, right on. Yeah, because I, I pretty much, you know, like I said, I'm not really a bass player, so I just run straight into the, the Chandler most of the time, and then I'll just do some sort of whatever to fix my horrific playing. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure it's awful, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Or you can put it in the loop of your amp, too. I mean, it, for like a volume tone change, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah, and for the guy that just really does want to completely change the character, that really does want that, um, I would think that three-band EQ would be pretty stellar, where they're just really wanting to just change everything. If you, if you take your Dirty Shirley amp and set that, that switch um, – the gain structure switch in the lowest gain in the middle mm -hmm. and uh, get the gain up around five or six or something where it's just a little crunchy. That thing, if you hit the front end of it, you can make that amp a whole totally different thing. Mm -hmm. you, you could make it a much tighter, more heavier amp if you wanted to, mm -hmm. or more of the same. Just yeah, depends yeah. on how you tighten it up. It sounds particularly good with the Shirley like that though. Mm -hmm. I mean, nice. you could, boost the treble to 10 and never gets really harsh. It, it like just gets right and tight sort of. And, right. Right. You, yeah. know, it, you know, I explain it to people. I go, you want to make your classic amp sound more hard rock. Okay. Well you can mm -hmm. do that. You want to take your somewhat hard rock amp. and want to make it more metal. Well, you could do that. You want to just mm -hmm. boost the same tone just with a little shaping. Oh, you can do that. Yeah, Pretty much. Yeah. Does anything. Yeah. That's great, man. Well, I'm going to stay just, on. And just to uh, clarify, um, who we have on the show first. We've got Sean Tubbs. <laughs> now we jumped into it, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, we jumped, man. We got Sean Tubbs, uh, hey, and, we all, and we also have Chris Van Tassel. So Sean, uh, awesome guitar player, musician. You play with Carrie Underwood and uh, do all kinds of great stuff, and we'll get into that. And uh, Chris Van Tassel from J Rocket Audio Design. Chris, how are you? Hey, guys. I'm great. How are you? You look all chill in that nice background there and room of amps and guitars. It's a whole new shade for me. Yeah. Less embarrassing. <laughs> no, it's a good look, man. I like it. <laughs> well, compared to the last one, I would say anything's a good look. It's Dave, a step you, up. Yeah, Dave, you didn't see the last one. I I did another one of these things and didn't even think about it, but we had mirrors on the back of the wall. Uh huh. We had ripped them off, and so it was like these big black glue splotches <laughs> all over the wall, and there was boxes and like a cartman in the background. I looked like the biggest slob ever. It was, Nice and embarrassing. And then Steve Stevens had like neon lights and amplifiers everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to, I think uh, I'm going to move rooms the next time I do it too. So yeah, that looks cool. Though. A little more picturesque instead of the crappy shop, you know, <laughs> some people, you know, I've heard from people who say that they actually like the, the little sneak peek into, you know, your workshop. It's a mess. That is yeah. And they see what's going on in the, behind the yeah. scenes, you know? So, but that's cool. Uh, I, I really appreciate both of you guys coming on the show. Um, you know, it's uh, Chris. I I saw you at Summer Nam, um, which was cool. How was Summer Nam for you? It was pretty good. It was, um, you know, it was, it was what we expected. It's usually a slow show, you know, because you don't want to spend all that money to go to those shows and not do business. But at the same time, when I live here, it's it becomes a social event. So right. If I don't right. succeed, it's partially my fault. And Sean's. <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> now, Sean, were you there too? Because I didn't see you. No, no man, I, I need to start dragging my butt to those shows. It's just, I think for me, because I did so much of it back when I, I worked uh, for Mesa Boogie and all the way back to the lab sound days, right. I just, I, I kind of burnt out, man. Um, 
So I, I'm finally getting to the point now where I can kind of go and and hang out and just know that it's it's okay. You know, it's like I don't have to, you know, do anything necessarily. <laughs> so right. yeah, I didn't I didn't go to this one. I'm, I'll probably be at the the LA one. I'll figure out a way to drag my butt out there and and hang out because I need to do it. You know, it's fun. for sure. Come on by. Yeah. I uh, will, man. We have a yeah, huge booth. <laughs> right on. I love your that that sound room is crazy. Yeah, you can hide in the sound room. Yeah, well, that's the thing because uh, last time I was uh, I was just watching the stuff online and I was like, man, Dave's got like a big closed off sound room. That's kind of mm-hmm. cool. It's like really big. Yeah, you can just kind of <laughs> hang out in there. <laughs> it's like twenty by twenty or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I went in there. And, you know, there was a bunch of people playing and it was, you know, great volume, not too overwhelming, but just, just enough where you're like, oh, this sounds really good. It's hitting you in the chest. You know, you're feeling it. And, uh, and they were like tourists, people just sitting around the room, just like listening, like people with bags and stuff. Like, remember Dave, like they were just, oh, yeah. they were just hanging <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah. Like, okay, we're just going to go four hang out. Four days straight. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Four days like a- straight of being your ears pummeled into the ground and, and, uh, uh, but it's nice because people actually can he- actually hear the amps and hear them properly. Um, not at, I mean, in Nashville there, man, the show this year, it was just like, I literally had mice couldn't hear how the amps, you know, they were so like quiet, so unbelievably quiet. And they still were complaining. Did you have that problem, Chris? Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's terrible here. I mean like really bad, like, like particularly awful. Yeah, and for such a small show, you'd think they'd let it loose a little bit because they want to build that show up. And I know last year, I think it was Little Walter amps just packed their stuff up and left. They were so pissed, said they'd never do it again. Yeah, so. I mean, I mean, and we were being respectful and reasonable because I knew going in that that's the way it was going to be. But I was surprised how horrible it actually was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. After a while, I started telling people, I go, well, here are the amps, but you really can't hear them because they're going to tell us to turn them off mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or turn it them down. True. It is yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. So are you, I mean, Dave, I mean, you're, you're still considering possibly bringing like maybe that ox box or something that you, I'm going to do something else next year. I don't know how, if, if, if I'm going to do it next year. Yeah. Well, if, if you do it, right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's just something to yeah, think that, about. That's a long haul for a bunch of big amps, too. Yeah, well, it wasn't bad. We just we freight them in. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Well, for me, you know, I just get in my car. Yeah. Bring a couple of small pedals and go in. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's too hot there, though. <laughs> yeah. Really? It's, it's too humid. It wasn't that bad, though. Well, you live in Florida. So. That's true. But you're in L.A. I mean, I, I don't know. It wasn't that bad in, in Nashville. No. There's a big difference between, like, even 100 here and 90 there. The 90 with humidity will kill the 100 yeah, here. Yeah, it's true. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just – 100 is just like, wow, I feel like I'm frying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just uncomfortable. But you can still breathe. Yeah, you sweat in places you just don't want to sweat. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> I never thought you could sweat. Yeah. yeah that's true. <laughs> right. I, why am I sweating under my fingernails? What is going on? How does that? It's, it's not even possible. <laughs> what funny. are you having to drink there, uh, Sean? Uh, Knob Creek 120. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I usually have some Booker's. But uh, well, actually, Booker's is so close to I mean, they're from the same distillery at the end of the day. 
but yeah, I'm kind of a higher proof bourbon guy. You know, if I can, if I can get a hundred and up, that's kind of where I'm the happiest, but I've kind of settled man on, uh, on bookers and Knob Creek for sure. There you go. Those are kind of my two go-tos. Scotch-wise? I don't have anything good here right now, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. Well, that's all right, man. I'll, I'll, I'll hoist one for you. <laughs> now you have me wondering, what is Jefferson's? Uh, it depends on which one you got. I can't see it there. It'll say on it. It's probably 90. Here I go. I'm going to look like you with my glasses. That's adorable. It's well, a trendy thing. does say very old. <laughs> hmm. I can't see. Does it say 45 or something? or? Well, I knew what to look for. I think Jefferson's. Is oh yeah, four, yeah. Wow, oh, yeah, ninety point two. Yep, yep. Yeah, go. and that's that's like Woodford, and you know Jefferson sits there, and you can get the Knob Creek ninety or one hundred, but I, I just kind of prefer the one twenty. And really, Booker's will get all the way up to anywhere from one twenty up to about one thirty eight, just depending on the bottle. More efficient. Yeah, much more efficient. <laughs> I like that. Get you there quicker, man. <laughs> I understand <Now> this thought. <laughs> so we're talking bourbon? Is that what we're talking? It's bourbon, yeah. But you're more of a scotch guy, right, Dave? Uh, actually, started as a tequila guy, and then George Metropolis uh, forced me into scotch. Right. And, uh, and then, I, then I started getting it and, mm. uh, and, and like it. Yeah, I'm not much of a bourbon guy, but yeah. But yeah, but I'll, but I'll do some good, uh, good scotch though for sure. Yeah, like scotch for me, I'm a big. Uh, I like it to. I like it to be a little bit more smoky or more peaty. So you know, like Lagavulin, and mm-hmm. I love scotch. But yeah, it's funny because I, I bourbons can tend to be not as I guess smoky as as scotches. But yeah, you'd think I would go for like the sweeter scotches, like a Macallans or something, but or the Macallans. But now I tend to. I, I like the the more it tastes like a campfire, the happier I am. <laughs> oh, so like um, um, uh, Lafroig, mm-hmm. yeah, sure. Lafroig is yeah. like kind of a cross between a campfire, campfire and battery acid or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it yeah. is a very particularly strong flavor. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing because I I know George. He's pretty hip. There's there's all the regions, yeah, um, around uh, you know Scotland that. And each of them has just a slightly different recipe, and some are going to be more peaty, and others are going to be less peaty or sweeter tasting. It just depends on what you're into, you know. And from what I understand, that's like an Isles Scotch or something. For yeah, I'm, I'm not exactly right. I, I, I'm I'm newbie still for Scotch, so yeah. I'm, uh, well, notice newbie. notice Mark and I are dead quiet. <laughs> You're a a riveting conversation. Uh, hey, you know some people enjoy it, but uh, I've just got my Heineken. <laughs> I'm going to refer to him. I'm going to tell my kid tomorrow when he's acting up, you're being a little peaty. He's not going to be amazing. <laughs> Reminds me of the little rascals. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's we, uh, Mark, we might need to school you, though, on beer. Honeycomb's bad? Mm. Uh, uh, not really. What, what do I need? Like an, an IPA? Not the, best, or? not the best choice, maybe, but. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I just grabbed it. What can I tell you? Mark, next time, next time show up with a bottle of Boone's Farm and just try to play it off as awesome. Yes, yes. Pour it over some ice and just kind of swirl no, we it. Some box wine, some box oh, rosé, yeah. you know, yeah. in the fridge. You know? Get well, a little like fridge drinking... behind you with a bunch of box wine. It would be a good look. That's a good look. Yeah. It would be it's your true. selection. 
Yeah. <laughs> I only spent five bucks for all of that. <laughs> I'll be throwing up in about 15 minutes. Right. <laughs> You're going to spend more on aspirin. Right. Yeah, <laughs> true. Back in high school, we used to drink uh, MD 2020, Mad Dog. Oof, jeez. That's disgusting. Oh, how too, about yeah. like peach schnapps? Yes. Oh. Peach schnapps and oh, yeah. up or something, or peach schnapps and Sprite. Oh. oh. Yes. Come on, everyone yeah. did that. Yeah, oh, so yeah. My, my, that was like the only thing that your parents had in, in the liquor cabinet. It was like, yeah, I remember, yeah, friends getting drunk at my house and then jumping off. They had this deck, had this like walkway around the back of my house that overlooked a pool. And they were standing on top of the railing around it and then jumping five feet out into the big pool. And I'm just looking back on that going, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my God, it was totally died. okay. <laughs> yeah, it could have been a horror scene. Oh, it could have been totally death. Yeah, uh, horrible. It's crazy. So, so let's talk gear. Let's talk gear because uh, I think that's what we're here for. Uh, you know, maybe while we're drinking. Um, so, Chris, J Rocket Audio pedals. Uh, I need to grab the ones that I've got sitting over here. I took them off my pedal board. Um, I was going to show some of the pedals, but um, uh, you make you guys make some great pedals. Really great Absolutely. stuff. Yeah, I mean, really, really great stuff. I've got the Archer, I've got the uh, the Archer Icon, um, and the uh, God. Now I'm drawing a blank on the Reverb pedal. Oh, the Boeing. Yeah. The Boeing. Yeah. Uh, all great pedals. Oh, and then I forgot the Steve Stevens Rockaway Archer pedal. Right. I've right, got right. I've got two of them. Oh, you did. Yeah. How do you get two? Because I have two pedal boards. So. Oh. Okay. So I figured. I need another one. I really, I, I love that pedal. That is a great oh, pedal. I supposedly Thanks. have one sitting at Steve's house. <laughs> <All right. laughs> at least I've been yeah. told I do. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's been like, man, I got to give these to all my friends. Keep sending them. I'm like, all right, I bet. It. Yeah. Now I can say, hey, Dave, just call me. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you could just send me one for him. Okay. Yeah. Hey. There it, you it's go. All right. it That's all right. <laughs> Yeah, they're great pedals. They really are. Very is a very unique take on an overdrive with a six band EQ. Uh, I mean, just very. Yeah, I, don't know, I don't know how unique it is. It's kind of straightforward. It was it was just based off the fact that uh, that's what he used. You know, exactly, yeah. overdrive into an EQ, and that's really what it is. All in one box, you know. Which which a lot of people have been doing for years, but to really put it into one box, sure, is the unique part. Well, and that's what gave us the idea for that IQ compressor as well. Um, you know, and we're actually doing a pedal for um, Mark Latiri from Snarky Puppy. And it's that same format with a different drive section. And it just seems to work really well. And it's it's efficient, you know. But, uh, I agree. There's that word again. You know, efficient. They're, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, so, it's 120 know. and up, man. Yeah. We'll, <laughs> we'll overdo it pretty soon. Yeah. yeah. Sure. <laughs> so uh so tell us about the compressor pedal well um it's basically the same thing it's a uh compressor hitting an eq and um you know my issue with compressors at least you know the the pedal type compressors were always they were noisy they they affected your your inherent tone and the whole idea with this was just to be able to dial in the pedal so that it didn't affect your tone so you could dial out the bad artifacts and uh, i'm not a big compressor compression guy so you know all the nashville guys here are, are the experts so i was able to really you know 
get their input on this. And, and it turned out to be a really subtle, it almost turned out to be an EQ where you could add a little bit of sag and feel. It doesn't like squish over the top and it, and it doesn't get noisy like Dynacomps. And, um, you know, it just gives you the ability to EQ out or in whatever sound you want. So um, we didn't really know what we were going for until it was built. And then we kind of said, oh, that's kind of what it does. That's pretty cool. So well, and that pedal, that pedal is really ideal in front of a, an overdrive pedal um, because it does it and it will create a little bit of gain even just by pumping mids on the EQ of the actual compressor. Sure. Um, it's, yeah, it's, and, and that does create a whole new feel. I mean, guitar players are so sympathetic and, and really like feel driven. Everything has to feel right. Um, and there's, there's certain elements of that compressor that I really appreciated as you started using the EQ. Um, and then plus you can revoice things, you know, if you, you turn on your gain box and you're pushing it a little bit harder, but now you've got some top end that's kind of mm -hmm. spiking out at you. You can grab that a little bit on the compressor, and yeah, it's 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 really good in front of uh, overdrive boxes. Just something to stack, you know. Sure, sure, yeah, really good. I appreciate that. Yeah, so you know, it's just kind of getting out there. I haven't really heard too much feedback on it, but um, I, I like using it. It's it's a fun pedal to play. You know, that's the thing that I always go for at the end of the day is, you know, EQ is EQ. We all kind of hit the mark for the most part, but. It's got to feel really good. You, you know, that's what drives you to come back to your guitar and your amp is when it feels good. So mm -hmm. that's really the target that we go for in any pedal that we make. And I'm sure, Dave, you do too. Um, <clears throat> I'll be expecting one of your pedals in the mail too. Okay. What? Did I say that out loud? It's the we whiskey. Can, we can trade. <laughs> Perfect. Does it work that way with amps too? Oh, yeah. <laughs> doesn't work that way quite the same with amps. You know, that's a hell of an idea. I like that. <laughs> no, that sounds good do the trade well off. hey i was asking mark today i'm like you know because i'm as you can see you see what shoulder over here ish you can see the van halen guitars yeah so big fan i um i was asking mark which of your amps well let me back up i'm going to tell the story it's not the whiskey talking so <laughs> um, guy out there on the internet uh al estrada dave i'm sure you know him yeah does the Van Halen thing. And man, his tone is remarkably spot on, at least from what I can hear on the internet. And I had asked him one day how he got his tone. And, you know, sadly to say, he said he sent his amp to you and you modded it. And then he's using all the same crap Eddie used in front of it. And I'm like, oh, okay. So there's no cheap way to get it done. And there's no um, ear piercing way or non ear piercing way to get it done. <laughs> so I'm like, man, which, well, which of Dave's amps sounds like that? And, Mark suggested just the brown eye was the closest. Yeah, the, the B, yeah, the B one hundred for sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, or or there's um, there's a new amp coming. Oh well, we may as well talk about it now. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Here it happens. There's a there's a new uh, there's a new amp called the BE fifty Deluxe. Um, okay. So it's a you tell, 50, you tell me 50 that watt. now. You tell me that now. I, well, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. And, uh, and to the end of the year, it'll be a, a Sweetwater exclusive. And then, well, at the end of the year, it's, that's off the table. But uh, in Europe and everywhere else, it'll be available. And it's uh, called the BE the the 50 Deluxe. Deluxe. Mm -hmm. And what's, wow. is it going for that Van Halen you know what? thing? It's just, you know what? No, it's just, it's, just uh, it's maybe even a, high, a highly uh, more idealized BE 100 in a 50-watt format. Okay. Um, 
different clean channel, different uh, high gain channel, um, which is a little more suited towards the, that, you know, unchained sort of thing, you know, that kind of thing. Sure, sure. Um, and it's got a lot of tweakability, so you can do a lot with it. Uh, so it, it, you'll see it soon. <laughs> I'll, po well, I'll, 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 post, you, I'll post a picture as soon as I actually have a picture. Oh, okay. I'll give wow. you my address. Send that right over. And, uh, yeah, with the pedal. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Straight up trade. Every pedal we've ever made. Ten of them. <laughs> now Sean's been to my house. He knows the disease that I have, and though yeah, I, I do not have it just by what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I know, and I do not. Well, you know, it's funny because um, I lived in San Diego for years and was in LA all the time. Mm. You know, but you and I had never met. You know, ran somewhat in the same circles, knew the same people, right. and had never met. And where I first. Um, really started hearing about you is I moved to Texas and became pretty good friends with Dave King from Naylor. Oh yeah. 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 And, uh, he told me how you were the one that uh, designed the, um, I guess the switchable side of the dual drive dual 60. Yeah. 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 So that's how I started uh, hearing about Friedman stuff originally. I don't know how far along you were as you know, Friedman as a product at that time. Not, not at all, really. Yeah, yeah, you were, you were, you know, modding amps and, and doing your thing. But uh, mm -hmm. nailers have always been my favorite amp, and, and uh, it's a great amp. So, yeah, it really is. And I, you can see the one over my shoulder. Mm -hmm. uh, that's an original Detroit one that I found online. And then I have a couple of others around here. But the Bletchley over here is Danny Russell, which I'm sure you know him as well. Yeah. So there's that. Is which one is that? That that's the bomber fifty, and then somewhere over here is that Belchfire forty five. So the bomber is based more on the standard nailer, I think. Am I correct yeah. in saying that? Yeah, if I were to describe it to somebody, it's kind of like that MK two Marshall right there. Mm -hmm. It's like a nailer, and that MK two had a kid. Right. It's well, it's probably more. Same. Yeah, I, I I've just seen some pictures. I've never had the chance to hear it. Yeah, great. Have, you, have you, you had much dealings with Danny? Oh yeah, I'll just oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that, that's that's a thousand words. I mean, I like him. He's he, he designs a great amp. He's, a, he's uh, an interesting character, isn't he? he very much so. But uh, yeah. he he builds a great amp. I'll give him credit. Oh for yeah, that. he's really good at what he does. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and I've come to find that you know there are a lot of Detroit people down here in Nashville, and I've come to find you know there's such a small inner circle with like um, the Guytron guy. Mm -hmm. They created that Guytron amp, and then Nailer and Eggnator, and somehow, some way, they've all kind of run in the same circles. Yeah, you know, it's it's a weird thing. There's off an awful lot of amp guys that came out of Detroit. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I mean, like vast majority of them. Oh, really? <laughs> I mean, well, the vast majority of of most of your boutique, you know, Marshall esque sort of, shall we say, amp guys. Well, sure. Detroit. Pretty much. George, George Metropolis, yourself. Bruce Agnetter, George Metropolis, uh, like Guy Hendrick from Guytron mm -hmm. originally. Um, Danny. Um, myself, Danny. Um, oh, you're from Detroit? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. So, good Lord. They're my favorite yeah. hockey team, too. <laughs> well, that's good. They got a new stadium, which I think I'm going to go see the opening concert at. Oh, really? 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I, had a chance, I had a I think, chance to go to a Wings game before at Joe Lewis last year before they shut it down, but it didn't go. Oh. Yeah, it's they're opening cool. it October 1st, um, the new arena, and Paul McCartney's playing. Oh, awesome. oh, nice. So they're clients of mine, and I think I think I'm gonna go. I think, Should I think that think? sounds like a cool thing? I think I'm gonna go too. And that, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's a cool thing. <laughs> yeah, I have to go to Detroit a lot this year because I have an 11 year old that plays travel hockey, so he's up there probably. Oh yeah, three or four times this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I got I got some friends up there. I should hook you up with. Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah, you can go yeah. hang out with George Metropolis and drink some scotch. Yeah, oh, yeah, uh, definitely a lot to learn. I'll bring Sean with me so I don't die. <laughs> and just check out check out his amps, too, and his vintage ones, too. He's got some oh, great yeah, He's got lots of cool vintage Marshalls. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. I had this guy over. His name's uh, Phil Schaus. He's kind of well-known around Nashville, but he plays a, a rock show. Um, where's that place, Sean? The, the Marathon Building, a Mercy Lounge. Yeah. Is that it? Yep. Yeah, and so every Tuesday night they do a rock show, and you know there's a lot of the '80s rockers that live here, and I guess a lot of those guys show up and um, hang out there. But he came up to demo some pedals, and we're trying every amp under the sun, and then we plug into that. That's a 1970 Marshall, and I haven't plugged that thing in or fired it up for a long time. You just forget how good they are, <laughs> you know. It's just and like, loud. I, I actually, yeah, yeah, and very loud. loud. But man, he plugged in. I'm like, wait a minute. Why do I not plug into that thing more? <laughs> yeah, but hey, I always need one more. <laughs> there you go. That's the that's the, the that's the saying. There should be T-shirts that, uh, like that for guitar players. You know. Oh yeah. I always need one more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How many yeah, more? Sure. Do you need another guitar? Yes, one more. <laughs> <laughs> Until one day you're looking around, going. I really don't need this shit crap. <laughs> yeah. It starts to get a, you know, like I, I, could, I could whittle this down to four. <laughs> yep. You well, Sean, Sean, you and I were talking. Yeah. It was yesterday, right? We were talking about having, you know, kind of your, your stable of guitars um, and why you have that stable of guitars. And, you know, each one has a certain use and, it, and it's a tool and, and yeah. you know, rather than having duplication, I don't know if you want to talk about that with the some of the guitars that you use. Well, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's kind of funny because even even amplifiers, it's like it, it's just recently that I've started thinking, you know what? It's okay to have multiple amps, <laughs> you know, because I was always that guy, like, man, I just need one, and as long as it's voiced right and I've got some of the right stomp boxes, it'll be fine. And uh, it's it's you know, I guess I'm just kind of changing in perspective is because uh, I'm not a big uh, collector of equipment. And I, that's, what, that's what we were talking about, Mark. I like, you know, like the, the dirty shirt. It's like, you can't see it, but the dirty shirt, that's, for me, that made sense because that's my crunch amp. That's the amp when I'm on a session, I don't have to put any pedals in front of it. It's just, I turn it on and I set the game the way I want it and I just go. So that that's kind of the perspective I started getting. Well, that's that's what that amp is going to do. It can do a lot of other stuff, but I love it for that. Mm-hmm. And then same thing with like my D13, um, my FTR37. I've had that for 15 years, and nice. and that one's always kind of been the the amp that just loves pedals. I, I call it my K amp. It's like, can you do this? Okay, 
well, what if I plug this in? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's just been that kind of amplifier. It's, it's been absolutely fabulous. But it, it's got a definite, you know, Freddie's got like a very signature thing that he does where it's, it's like you can't just go, oh, well, that's a deluxe. It's, well, not really. I mean, it's, no, there's a no. deluxe thing there, but no, there's way more happening. So, mm -hmm. I mean, there's that. So I use that as kind of my sometimes pedals, but more my semi-broken clean tone amp. And then the amp like uh, the Bella, the Sir Bella, that's my dead, dead clean amp, where it's like, man, I don't want this thing to break up at all. The only thing that's going to uh -huh. break up is a speaker if I kill it, but it's not going to be the amplifier if I can help it. Mm -hmm. So that's that's the thing. It's like I'm, I'm kind of, you know, and, and it really does relate to, to guitars because I've, I've got a few, but at, at the end of the day, it's like, that's why I was talking to you about, Mark, it's like I don't what I need. I'm not one of those guys that sees a guitar or like a Stratocaster and goes, oh, I wonder if that Strat is better than my Strat. It's like, no, I, the Strat I have, I love. So like, oh, well, that's a good example. Like my Stratocasters, let me keep them clotheslining myself. Like this guy, you know, this is like my, you know, it's a three single coil Strat and it's kind of my vintage feel. Um, you know, it's a, it's a 10 inch radius. So it's, you know, it's not super vintage, but it's got like a vintage feel to it. Three single coils, done. And then I've vintage got... Vintage trim. Vintage trim. Vintage trim. Yeah, yeah. vintage trim. Uh, and then, you Is know, I do a lot of... in any way? It's a little pee. Yeah. <laughs> but I do... <laughs> but, you know, and I do, a, I do a lot of tweaks on them to get them so that the, the trims will work right with the springs. And there's all kinds of tricks you can do. But, like, yeah, that's my three single, single coil strat. I don't need because I saw another cool three single coil Strat. It's like, I don't all of a sudden need that one. It's like, no, I got this one. The other LSL that people have probably seen is my, uh, where the hell did that go? Oh. Uh, right in front of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I almost hit the fan with it. That was oh, that, I've yeah. done that before. Oh, I hate that. it's the worst feeling ever. Yeah. Um, so like this one, same thing, vintage feel, uh, vintage radius, vintage bridge, but Filtertron in the back. So oh, once huge. again, like, yeah, that's, that's my sound. It's like, I really love that sound. So when I was discussing guitars with, with Lance at LSL, that was his thing. It's like, I need another three single coil Strat, like I need a hole in the head. Um, but this configuration is just really unique and cool. And this, this thing's been killer. And then the other Strat, cause that, the, I'm just making the point, like, it's like Stratocasters, I'm not just like collecting Strats. It's like this one is my humbucker sure. strat. Your humbucker strat. Yeah. It's humbucker in the back, uh, two poles, um, a little bit more modern, but not overly modern because I'm not crazy into the modern thing. Um, you know, and then there's different pickups. Like the, the black strat has lowers. This guy's got the Landau pickups. And then this one's actually got uh, Lance's pickups as a po well, except for the, the uh, Filtertron in the back is a TV Jones classic. But that's the thing. It's like these these all kind of have a place. I'm not one of those guys that goes, oh, man, that's a cool custom strap. Maybe I should get that one and sell the, the one I have. It's like not really. They're just they're all kind of tools for, for tone. And then or you were saying you don't necessarily have duplication also. Right. And, like, no, no. It's like, you know, like what I don't have right now. I don't own a P90 guitar. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, oh, we're talking I, might about be, I might be able to help you out about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, actually, we were just discussing. That. I was like, man, I was like, I wonder if Dave does one of those tellies with P90. <laughs> yeah, we, we do. Yeah. In the kind of the vintage uh, Gibson Rev, you know, too. Yeah. See, that's it's just stuff like that. You know, very cool. It sounds really cool. 
Oh, I'm sure, man. But that's kind of that's kind of with all I, the hum and everything. <laughs> yeah, well, you got to have the hum, man. Especially with P90s. But that's, I mean, that's just kind of how my brain works, you know, and then, you know, like the McCarty PRS back there, you know, that is my, basically that is my Les Paul. It's a Gibson scale guitar and it, it's, it's killer. And then the Duesenberg is a Duesenberg. Nothing sounds yeah, like a, a Duesenberg. Yeah. And it's got a big, but nothing sounds like a Duesenberg, but a Duesenberg. Right. You know, and then my telly's my telly. That's a longer scale guitar uh, that's hollow, the 245. And of course my, uh, the callings is a completely different beast. Yes, you know, so it's thirty-five kind of. Yeah, yeah. It's just, and but it's it's not like anything else I have on my wall. And then the reason I fell in love with uh, the PRS Grissom is I, I'm a Dave Grissom fan for sure. But I just loved those pickups because they just had this kind of magical. I don't know what this is, but this is different, and I really like it. And that guitar is crazy resonant, and the scale on it. You know, I don't feel like I'm playing uh, like spider webs when I play it, even though it's a, it's a 10 gauge set. So that's, that's kind of the thing. It's like guitars. It's like we all love to, to, to collect them and they're, they're beautiful. But at the end of the day, I, I always just kind of have that perspective of, well, do, you know, do I need that? I kind of don't need it. You know, so for yeah. me, like my perspective right now is, yeah, I don't own a P90 guitar. That's kind of crazy. <laughs> you know, and that's and that actually is a tone I could. Yeah, I could definitely use, especially on sessions. Yeah, you see what I can do. With all, with <laughs> all, those, guitars, with all those guitars, <laughs> you should think about getting into the music business. I thought about doing it for a living, man. <laughs> <laughs> and it's well, it's so funny, man, because I didn't mean for this room to end up looking like a guitar shop. It's just I, I ran out of floor space. I wanted to keep everything just in boats on the floor, but yeah, you know. It's like you the second you try to set up some cameras to do a video and you knock over half your guitars trying to like you figure out you got to get them up off the floor. Yeah. <laughs> it just looks And then eventually you realize you need a bigger house. Yeah, well and then there's that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I keep telling I keep telling my wife it's like, "Well, I, I just need more diffusers. They're sound diffusers. It's it's, it's fixing the reflections." <laughs> right. It, it looks good. It's very decorative. Yeah, it's it's a checkerboard concept which is, you know, King me. <laughs> God, that was lame. That was really uh, lame. I thought it was funny, actually. <laughs> oh, that's funny, man. I like how you said that as you were holding a whiskey. King me. Brother. So, Dave, we actually had a question for you. Someone wanted to know about that rack that's behind you. Oh, that's that's secret. No. Uh, I should turn it around, actually. In fact, I'll turn it around. Yeah, I want to I see the artwork, man. <laughs> you're turning it around so we can't see, or you're turning it around so we can't see? You know that Steve Vai's refrigerator. Oh, okay. It's a little nicer view. <laughs> hey, nice rack. Can you see that? <laughs> That's very nice. Here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put, put you like on camera there. You know, <laughs> that's a serious rack. It stays in a studio, obviously. Are those um, the old? Is that a couple old boss? The old boss guys up there? Old Korg SDDs. Okay, nice. The cool, really cool things. Couple Korg SDDs. Uh, that old PV valve verb thing. Mm -hmm. Remember so, those? Oh yeah. Um, couple boss RPS tens. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And then every conceivable other thing you can think of. 
What's what's the whole uh, thing in the middle there though? Like the that's all the switchers. Oh wow! So we have um, six switchers that are full. Wow! So um, and then all the bottom on the rest of that stuff is all pedals down there, right? Eighteen-inch drawer. Every every drawer full of pedals. Good lord! I've I've been in that uh, nine 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 drawers. Uh, that's wow. crazy. I've, I've been collecting rack gear lately. People are calling me crazy. You remember those ATC preamps? ATC. Oh, um, thing, they were, maybe. Yeah, they were like a digital front end, but two based rack mount thing. Didn't make very many many of them, but I think it was like the guy from Halfler that created it years ago. Oh, hmm. yeah. it man! I found one for a hundred bucks, and it yeah. sounds amazing. Yeah, and then I bought one of those. Um, JMP ones, mm-hmm. Marshall right, yeah. preamp, and then I've got the ADA and all that stuff. Well, you know, yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan of like older outboard gear too, like the really old stuff, the good stuff, yeah. because frankly, just nothing sounds that good anymore. Yeah, nothing, nothing. I mean, you can't, you know, an old Lexicon PCM42 delay is just like there's nothing at all that sounds like that. It just yeah, doesn't. Yeah. You, you, yeah, you play you play it once and you're like. <clears throat> Oh man, I really do have to buy this for a thousand dollars, don't I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that rack gear was just so efficient in every way. Like I even bought that big Marshall power amp one day. If we do another show, you're going to see it right there, full on eighties rig. Nice. <laughs> if uh, um, but you play next time. No, 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 no. <laughs> if we have children on the show and me, then I'll look pretty good. Okay. <laughs> it's not what I heard, but okay. <laughs> well, there you go. What were you going to say, Dave? Yeah, you know, yeah. I've, I've been on a kick lately. I bought a couple of them actually. Is these uh, old ADA two FX units that were produced in mid eighties? I remember those. I don't remember those. It was a multi effect unit. The delay oh. in it just sounds incredible. Um, but then it has a chorus and like a flange also in it, single rack space. And uh, I had bought one accidentally without the foot controller, but you really need the foot controller. You because need the foot controller, exactly. You have, you, there's circuitry in the foot controller that you need in order to switch between anything. Um, so then I saw another one recently. I've been looking for a foot controller. Can't find it anywhere. And, yeah, um, that's the same with that Marshall JMP1. And, and I found finally another unit. For $180 that I just bought with a foot controller. So now I got two of them. I've never <laughs> even heard of that unit. You know, oh, my, it sounds really, really, really it's good. A cool with unit. Delay. Sounds it's, great. A, my yeah, old a guitarist of mine had it. He had one. Yeah. Huh. Really. It's particularly good sounding. And he ran it in stereo. Hmm. Great. Thanks for that. Now I'm going to be stuck <laughs> searching. And searching. Yeah, and the and the chorus and the flange are great. It's like an ADA flange in it, basically. So yeah. that was cool. Um, the chorus is pretty good. What was it? It was ADA. What was it two, called? Two FX. Two FX. Two FX. Yeah. Yeah. You can find them. They have them on um, Reverb or whatever. You just got to look for one with a foot controller. <laughs> Dave, do you find it easy to name your new products? <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you there's a whole host of names that we haven't used. <laughs> I bet. I <laughs> that bet. people have come up for with us, you know. Um, 
Has anybody asked, what does that mean? <laughs> well, there was uh, like, someone just no, told me but, recently, Nancy, but, Nasty Nancy. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I've heard lots of them. You know, there's a, there is, there is, coming up with new names, there's a subtlety about it that you need to, <laughs> you need to adhere to. You can't go too blatant, you know, you just have to touch on it a little bit. Really? Um, Harry, we, Harry Brown-Eyed? That's a whole. That's a whole man. Okay. <laughs> and you know what? Here, here's the honest thing. You know how that came about is uh, one of my uh, guys that was working for me at the time uh, when I first did this mod or something. He said, "Why don't you call it the the brown eye?" Right? And and honestly, at the time he said that, I wasn't even thinking about what he just said. I was thinking in my head, you know, the brown sound kind of thing. You know, like I was like, right. "Oh yeah," well, I wasn't even thinking about it. Until later, it's like, oh shit! <laughs> oh really? So you named the amp, and you didn't even give it any thought to that. That's what I it was didn't called. give any thought to that whatsoever. But then when we were doing the when we were doing the other channel of it, when we were doing the other channel of it. That well, then then that was thought. Well, what do you call it? Well, it's more gain. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's got more hair on it. Yeah, you know the funny is for all the flack I get for the, some of these names, man. It's great because boy, they talk about it for long threads. Oh yeah, about how much they're disgusted by it and this and that. And I'm like, going, okay, keep talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's exactly right. Thread on Friedman amps, great. Yeah, and it's were... not like it's not like none of this has ever been done before. I mean, look, Big Muff Pie, come on, that's been around forever. Yeah. Uh, right. You know, way back, uh, Swollen Pickle, and you know all the way huge sure. names and all that. Come on, give me a break. As long as they're memorable, right? Yeah, like, like you yeah. can't call your new product the turd. It's memorable, but <laughs> probably not going to come across very well. No, probably not, right? Yeah, yeah. We had uh, Brian Wampler on, and he was talking about how his next release was going to be uh, the fart pedal. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "If there's a market for it, you know." No, I'm just kidding. But um, I find that to be the hardest part because you try not to be too contrived. You try not to be you know, moronic, but it's just impossible. I just try to go for something that is memorable, short and yeah. sweet and memorable. Yeah. And you know, and sometimes if it rings off the tongue, right, you just like, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. What I think gonna, our most what successful... think of that name. <laughs> yeah. I think the dude was my favorite name of all of them. Just cause. Oh, that's a great one. You know, yeah. That's, yeah. That's a good one. The rest aren't very creative, but yeah, but it's Lebowski, man. It's Lebowski. Yeah. It's, yeah. No, it's the, come on. We, we we wanted to design that thing and have all the big Lebowski sayings all over. And I talked to a guy who he created like a T-shirt line, and he had references to his character. It's very similar to, you know, the Hulk or whatever. And the guy ended up getting sued for like a hundred grand. And I kind of learned from this guy: don't even mess with it. Wait a minute, um, though. He got. He got sued for a hundred grand, or yeah. wouldn't they send him a cease and desist letter first? No, they went right after him. He, really? he has this, yeah, this big story about it. I'm like, man, I just that don't seems, even want to take the chance. That seems interesting. I, I don't. Well, did he? I mean, did he make a lot of money, like off the thing, and before they caught him, is that why they went after him so yeah. hard? Yeah, yeah, he was doing really well, and you know, it was just loosely, you know, similar to the characters from like, uh, you know, and some of the famous cartoon or animated characters and mm-hmm. yeah they'll know, go after you hard shit every time we name a pedal i then go online and go you know plug that name in pedal 
you know, with pedal to see. And oh, sure yeah, enough, man, we have to do that too. Yeah, sure enough, there's always somebody that's come up with it. And you're like, Son of a bitch. like Ford Thurston. I don't know if you guys know him, but yeah, I he's the one that came up with the idea for the Archer pedal for us. And it's like, you know, on its own, my wife is always like, oh, the Archer. She just thinks it's the <laughs> lamest thing ever. And I'm like, well. <laughs> Yeah, but that makes total line. sense. Yeah, it does. It does. And, it makes and total sense get, without blatantly calling it, a, you know, yeah. what it is. Yeah, exactly. And that, <laughs> and that was the whole purpose behind that. But uh, I, you know, I hate naming pedals. We've got about five or six coming out right now. And I'm just like, man, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> I don't even know where to start. I and mean, it's good to have those contests, you know, hey, name the new rocket pedal or whatever. But Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I got, I, yeah, I got, I got a couple that'll come out too that are interesting names, shall we say. Well, if you had a competition, it'd be a whole lot more fun because people would just go way overboard. <laughs> yeah, no, true. I've done that. I've done that before. I'm thinking Facebook or something where yeah. you asked about that. And, yeah, it just never goes down well. <laughs> There's yeah, never really normal. anything usable generally. Yeah, yeah, it gets gets down to the gutter. Oh, and some of them people are like, yeah, that's awesome. You're like, well, then, I'm not going to roll with that one. I find delays to be the hardest one to name. And then, you know, you want to stay away from the, you know, I I don't want to throw anybody under the bus here, but, you know, EP2 or, you know, if you're going to do a tape delay, it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, people get it. And I guess it's to the point, but there's no fun in that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Be creative. Delays. Great. Yeah. I can only imagine what I wouldn't even know. what. Oh, I like about it right now. Like Wampler, he he came out with the Ethereal and uh, the Doctor. I thought those were pretty good, you know, pretty cool names. The Doctor, you know. Okay, well, here's the one my wife came up with. She's like, call it the Short Bus. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, that would go over well. Yeah, sure. In this day, absolutely. Oh, we almost named that Hooligan Cuddle. We almost named it the Spaz. And I got an email from some dude in the UK, and he goes, do not name it the Spaz. And I'm like, why not? And he goes, that's highly offensive over here. It's like calling somebody a retard here. <laughs> and I'm like, man, I'm glad that guy emailed me because then, you know, there goes our sales in the UK. Yeah, that would not be good. Yeah, oh, There's some yeah, words yeah. in the UK that are highly offensive over here, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just refer to a cigarette over there. Oh, I know, that's right? True. Boom. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or Randy, you could have called it the Spaz Randy. That would have been. Yeah, great. I was just talking yeah. about Randy Rhodes, man. It's your Spaz if you don't like Randy Rhodes. Right. Well, okay. <laughs> okay, here you go. The hardest pedal to name. We're gonna do a pedal with Sean Tubbs here. Well, now you know the name I gave you, man. I'm, yeah, the I'm dickhead. Saying, no, the Richard. <laughs> the Richard. Oh, the Richard Cranium. <laughs> now nah, dickhead will work. <laughs> Yeah, I have no idea where to start. Like Steve yeah. Stevens, that was kind of cool because he was born in Rockaway, yeah. New York. He's a rocker. That that just that was cool. I thought, but I have no idea what to name yours. Well, that's the thing. It's like you you try to go through like street names. It's like well, like I lived on a street called Seabreeze in California. Well, that sounds like a porn name. Let's call it the yeah. Seabreeze. That's true. They call it the Pee or, or an astringent. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I kind of like that. <laughs> the astringent. You can call it. There was a name that we were tossing around for a long time that was uh, the bishop, and, <laughs> and 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 that and that goes over very well in England. Oh yeah. boy, there's a saying the, in England: <laughs> the purple bishop. Yeah, I wonder if there's one. I wonder if. <laughs> 
It reminds me of uh, George Carlin. Um, do you, uh, you ever hear of, um, oh, it was just in my brain here, and then you brought that up, um, uh, The Flying Dutchman. Oh. How about that? That would be a good one. Isn't there already something? Isn't there, there already something? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Probably. That's been on a T-shirt at the minimum. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's 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 been like used as a joke and stuff, but it just kind of yeah, 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 kind of just yeah. Came. At what at what point do you run out of names that you can't think of anymore, and uh, then just start calling them? The, you know, the, yes, the ST one twenty thirty four pedal or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why new... why'd you call it that? Because we ran out of names. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> we just took That's my hard. birth date and put on the pedal. Right, right. <laughs> That's funny. Some companies do that. Because like we somebody... looked up on the internet and they were all taken. Mm-hmm. Some guitar I heard models. a good Go I heard a good name for a compressor. It was called the uh, Workman's Comp. That was pretty funny. Wow. That was <laughs> kind of cool, yeah. yeah. That's funny. Oh yeah, that's that's the hard, I find that to be the hard part. I really yeah, do. it is. It is. It's funny. You know, speaking of naming things, Sean, you and I were talking about something. I think this would be a really cool conversation. And then I just also want to um, let the guys in the chat, everybody in the chat, know that I will get to the chat. I promise, and I will get to everybody's <laughs> questions. Okay, uh, we've got a lot of stuff, a lot of questions and stuff. I can't that, even uh, like I, I I pulled it up and I haven't even looked at any of it yet. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, there's a lot of stuff. Sorry, there. guys. It's great. No, we're, we're having a great talk. So one of the conversations that I had with, with Sean last night were, was we were talking about um, Fractal and Kemper and these systems. <sighs> and, um, and yes, um, but where, we were, where, where the conversation went, and we can decide to talk about this or we can go in a different direction, but was – about how amp manufacturers such as yourself, Dave, and um, you know, even if this affects from a pedal perspective in some cases with Kemper, um, where they're modeling or profiling uh, amps on their systems and they're calling it the Friedman, spelling it F-R-E-E-D-M-A-N mm-hmm. um, or whatever. And what, what are your thoughts on being able to get compensated for every time that happens, because I think, and I agree with Sean on that, um, or at least we were talking about it, that there, there should be compensation for that that goes on. I, so. I, I, I honestly think there should be a way, in the, and these companies should really get on board with this to involve the manufacturer and and have an official, you know, Kemper plug-in pack, or not plug-in, but Kemper sound pack, from the company, and then the company actually gets paid some money for it. Yeah, well, that that was the point I was kind of thinking of. Dave was, it, it almost seems like you're 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 best off to be more proactive as a manufacturer, or be it pedals or amps, to where you literally because it, it's just headed that way. We can't, we're not going to escape it. Where you can literally approach them and say, "Look, let's do a licensing thing where I make sure that these models I sign off on them." And and you you basically just work up a licensing things to to you know so there's no question for the for the the people doing the models or the consumer that this is as close as you're going to get to say a, a, the model of a, of a dirty Shirley or a, or yeah, a yeah. BE mm-hmm. you know I I just you know because for me it's like I'm you know with with all these modeling amps I, I'm not one of those guys that plays through a fractal and goes okay I'm going to sell all my tube amps and we can yeah. we can take that that's a different conversation because that's Within certain parameters, those things are, are stellar, and, and Mark and I have talked about that. But at the end of the day, it's like it's really headed that way. 
and I don't think any of us are going to escape it. So why not kind of take advantage of it and just be proactive and just work, and, you know, and there's always, you know. I agree. You know. I agree, but so far that answer has been no. Well, I have to say, you know, as a consumer, so, if I'm going to buy stuff for Fractal or a, a Kemper, if Dave Friedman says, yes, these are legit, these sound right, I'm endorsing these, I'm going to buy them. I bet you they sell more anyway to yeah, offset what they pay for agree. licensing. Mm-hmm. Without would, a doubt. I would agree. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Well, it always boils down to it's money. a little. It, I understand the thought of all this, and 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 in general, it's a little just sad. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's a little sad, in in the in the whole thought of it, it's a little sad. Um, it reminds me of Napster. I mean, it reminds me of it is theft yeah, in theft. a way. It's it theft. It is, and and when it's so rampant on, you know, and even though on every platform that I've seen, Positive Grid, through Bias, you know, the Bias Head or or Kemper or or, uh, you know, the fractal, you know, no matter what, they're going to have, they've got the Friedman patches in there and they've got the Marshall patch and they've got, but whatever, whatever code name that they use for it, that's, it's still pretty obvious. That's what it is. And it's, it, it is kind of, it, it is shitty. It's, it's well, just stealing. And the only, I mean, the only way you can really sell that product is to convince people, because you're not going to convince guys like me that are old salty farts. That love <laughs> valves, um, you know. But you convince people that look, you don't need all those amps anymore because we've got them all in this box. You know, and it's like, yeah. And that, but that is the marketing. Unfortunately, you're you because you know. Oh, that sounds just like a plexi. It's like, when did you play a plexi? Yeah. Have you ever played a plexi? Let's, let's, yeah. Generally speaking, if you get them in the room with the box and the real thing, and and I've seen it happen here at the shop, and yeah, sure. The axe sounds cool. Sounds good. And then they play the real thing, and then they go, "Oh." You know, it's like, funny because I, it's like a dawn over. It runs over them. Oh. Yeah. I, I always tell the story to people because I'm like a hi-fi junkie, as Sean knows. And um, people are always asking me, "Well, what's really the difference between vinyl and CD?" And uh, I always say, "It's you know the human body." naturally resonates to vibration, right? And you got a needle going through the groove of a record. It's something that you feel that you can't necessarily define. You just feel it. Whereas a CD is a laser reading zeros and ones. I kind of equate that to what it's like to play through a fractal or a Kemper versus, mm-hmm. you know, a dirty Shirley in the room. Mm-hmm. You just don't get that, that feel, that vibration that you Yeah, very you much, get. very much the vinyl versus the CD thing. Right. Well, yeah. and, and even vinyl MP3. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, that's, a, that's a whole thing. I was just I was talking to my wife about that. I was saying this this whole thing is like trying to convince our kids that an MP3 sounds like crap. Well, they've uh-huh. never heard vinyl. They've never heard a full res digital anything. They've heard yeah. MP3s. So to them, it, it sounds great. And and you know, I, at the end of the day, it's like I don't want this to be a crap fest all over these model amps, modeling amps, because it they're they their place. They absolutely do. Like for me, it's like I'm not endorsed by Fractal. I don't. The reason we I ended up using fractals is because I was within the gig parameters on a Carrie Underwood tour. Here's what you've got. You've got a stage that's in the round that takes up a hockey ring. Mm-hmm. In the middle of that stage is a riser that goes up and down. And then around that riser is four more risers that go up and down independently, six feet down, up to 15 feet up. And all of them turn. 
they all, everything rotates and turns. And then when you go out to the edges of those stages, you've got two more risers that go up and down. So guess what? No pedal boards. This thing ain't going to happen. Um, so that's where uh, Kemper amps and for me, fractals are absolutely genius because they don't sound horrible at all. They don't have the feel of the real deal, but within certain parameters uh, for a guy like me, like I said, as an old salty dog, it's like, yeah, invaluable. That show could not have happened, honestly, mm -hmm. without either Kemper or Fractal it, within that production scheme, within those parameters. But yeah, like I said, can't. All, yeah. you can't no do it. But, boards, no nothing, yeah. yeah. You can't do it. But at the end of the day, it's like, no, 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 no. Will I sell a single tube amp because I have a modeler? It's just, it's still not the same feel. It's just mm -hmm. the feel. And, you know, Mark, we were talking about that. It's like just the flow of electrons. I mean, somebody figured out how to get electrons to go from one place to another. Well, I mean, those things are kind of, it's kind of part of nature. They kind of, I mean, why does lightning strike? We don't have any control over that. Mm. You know, it's it, so for me, it's like, there's something about that, that flow of electrons from one place to another that is just so organic. And, and to me, it's still, Dave's probably thinking this guy's crazy. He's got to stop drinking bourbon, but you know, it, was, <laughs> it, it really is more, you know, it's, 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 it's kind of a, it's nature. It's just, it just works, man. It's electron flow. And you know, here's the thing too, is we had done a bunch of shows on the fractals. Everything sounded great, but we, every once in a while we had to do one-offs where the fractals had to go one direction and we needed to use uh, just backline stuff. So my answer to that was, and actually I used the Friedman once and I actually used the Sur as well. I showed up with that and uh, the Torpedo Live because I didn't want to mess with uh, cabs. And man, our my monitor engineer, Cam Beachley, he's got killer ears. And instantly he came over and said, there's actual glass happening here, isn't it? Yeah, and I was like, yeah, it's right there. Those are tubes, man. <laughs> Even though we're going into an IR, we still just ran through a bunch of glass into that IR, and it just, there's just a difference. Thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that and word that's, and that's a reasonably good solution for, for, you know, yeah, for that kind of thing. So, well, and, and here's the thing with fractals, too. A guy like me out, out on the road, if I have to, I got to play an arena one night and then the next day I got to show up and do good morning America. If we show up with the fractal rig, guess what? It's so easy. Multi-pin connector clunk and go. It's going to sound exactly the same in our ears, maybe not in the broadcast mix, but in our ears as it did at the arena, you know, minus, you know, it's a different room and stuff like that, but that's a very consistent format. So there's something to be said for that as well. It's like, man, there's no, it takes all that, oh, God, what kind of amp or cab am I going to end up with? You yeah. Know? So it's, you know, there's, it's like I said, I don't want this to be a total crap fest on modelers, but at the end of the day, it's like, no, I'm, now what I will say, Dave, is models I use, there is a dirty Shirley. <laughs> there's a divided by 13 and yeah. there's a BE, and those are the only three models I use for the whole show. <laughs> are, they, are they actually called dirty Shirley's? Uh, no. Well, the BE, it says BE something, but yeah. the, I can't remember what the Dirty Shirley's called. It's not called Dirty Shirley, but you know right away, you know, when you sure, it's it by, surely dirty. It's surely dirty, yeah. <laughs> or the DS something, right. yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's like, it's. Yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dave, be, I guess you can be flattered by it because can't you, I'm not. Can't I don't, get, I don't can't you get another gig that, that's a little more old school? <laughs> I don't see any rocket stuff, you know, being tossed around in any of the uh, fractal audience or Kemper audience. So, 
Right. Why? Why isn't there? Well, they have I pedals guess, on their camper. Yeah, right? they do absolutely. But you know, because they've got like the blatant on their you know rat pedal, TS pedal, Klon. Sure. It, it's all on there. You know. Here, 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 here's a, here's a hypothetical though. If it if it you know, if these things wind up putting tube amp manufacturers out of business, at some point maybe there won't be anything left to cool to model. Yeah, that's a good yeah, point. <laughs> There's be nothing new. Yeah. Everything will be old. Yeah. No, nah, yeah, that's, that's sounds just kind of like that. a plexi. Yeah. That's the million dollar question, right? I hear so many people say that. Oh, it sounds just like a plexi, but mm-hmm. out of all the people out there in the younger generation that are actually playing these models or you know, whatever it might be. How many of them have ever truly played a real plexi and, and not one that's like, you know, 40 years old that has every part and piece replaced, but an actual real plexi. Well, and hardly even uh, there's guitar players that are our age that haven't played it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot. And uh, man, that, that, that's always the amp for me that will will set the guitar player, you know, like set a good guitar player. It it what do I want to say? It uh, separates the men from the boys. Yeah, it it's, because, makes you uh, honest. That's a whole nother beast. Yeah, well the thing with like play. yeah the thing with like a plexi, it's a double edged sword. It, it, you know, amps like that I call them player amps, because it, you know because I, I used to go through this especially when I was working music retail. Um, guys would come in and they'd be so upset about how terrible they sound through a certain amp. And and some of them would bring in old amps too. Like I don't know what's wrong with this this old plexi, and and they'd be playing through a sixty watt you know sixty eight plexi, and I'd be listening to them going, well, this is a player's amp, so it's only gonna do exactly what you said. Yeah. It's not gonna save you. It's not gonna it's not gonna do anything but just spit out what you're putting in. And of course I can't tell them that. I yeah. pretend like I'm tapping on tubes like what is something. But you know, at the at the end of the day, it's like it really is. It's a double-edged sword. It's like amps like that are a rude awakening to someone who's actually never played one because you you find out your pick technique is awful mm. and your it's, left hand technique is horrid, you know. And yeah. you know, and then but then you wonder, you know. But at the same time, it's like you get into the technique thing. And you get guys going, "Why can't I sound like Keith Richards?" Well, you don't have Keith's hands. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the way that guy plays? It's like. It's not going to happen. So, I mean, I guess that whole conversation goes both ways. But, yeah, there's certain old amplifiers, especially the old plexis. It's a rude awakening if you've actually played one. Because I played one. The first one I played, I was probably 19. Mm-hmm. And, and a guy brought it in. I was working at the shop, and, and he brought in a 68. And I was like, I've never played one of these. And, it, yeah, it was just like this is the most unforgiving, horrifically just mean Best sounding, coolest <laughs> thing I've ever heard in my whole life, yeah. you know. But yeah, it's like I get it, and that, but that's the thing. It's like I'm 49 years old, and I haven't really, I haven't played a ton of vintage jams. It's like I've played enough of them to know, but there's tweeds I haven't played. It's like I played a Dumble, you know. But you know, and there's certain amps I haven't played because I haven't, yeah. I haven't been around. A place where I could actually plug most, in and go. Most most people don't. I mean, I had uh, the, the pleasure of when I first moved to California in 1988, going to work for Andy Brower Studio Rentals, mm. uh, and and 
So during that time frame, I lit literally got to play every amp known to mankind because they literally had, you know, there's eight different tweed fenders. There's every blackface fender. There's all your iterations of Vox. There's your plexis. There's your modified plexis, your soldanos, your blah, 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 everything. So literally my basis for knowing these amps is really strong. Yeah. And, um, and then lots of producer friends and lots of things like that too. I mean, I, I've owned a lot of these amps. I've known yeah. people who've owned them. I've you know worked there forever, and that was. I think that's why basis. people have. I think that's why people have grown to trust your uh, your <coughs> ear, you know, because how many people buy an amp now just because of either reputation or what they've heard on the internet? Yeah, and um, then, yeah, and then sometimes people will go, well, you know, it doesn't it doesn't sound like. Like they'll they take one of my amps. Well, it doesn't sound like a Marshall. I go, which Marshall are you referring to? Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, the JVM. I'm like going. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll give you that. <laughs> yes, it does not. You you know, There's a reason for that. It doesn't, and and then you know, the DSL. I'm like, you're right. It doesn't. Yeah. Well, how many people actually? Like at what point in time in your your musical career or your guitar playing career do you finally actually know what good tone is, right? Because I I remember when I was nineteen, I thought you know my tone was amazing, but I had a seventy one Marshall Super Lead that I traded in straight across. Thought I got a great deal. I traded it for a Fender Chorus, the solid stick with the red knobs. Oh, yeah, that was a that was a good trade. Yeah, no. and, and I, I still remember to this day the guy going. Well, let me see if we can just do a straight trade. I'll have to ask the manager. <laughs> I my... remember, yeah, mine was, let's see, my first amp was a, a Silver's Face Fender Deluxe, right. right? But, of course, being the kid, you want distortion. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's not cutting it, and the little pedal I had wasn't cutting it, you know, for that. And uh, so that got uh, maybe traded in. I can't quite remember what happened. For a PV Renown solid Ooh. state combo, yeah. yes, it had lots of distortion, but <laughs> oh yeah, but think but, about uh, it. Imagine yeah. in stereo oh. in one oh, amp with so distortion. Good. Oh, <laughs> tremendous! That's what it was. It was a stereo combo. It was a stereo, yeah, in stereo uh, nice. two twelve nice. Fender course. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I still had that amp, just so I could look at it every day and go, "God, stupid." <laughs> Just hit it with a hammer. Like, like, walk by it every day. Oh, yeah. and kind of hit it. Yeah. I think yeah. my I think my first bonafide amp was uh, it was a Baldwin. Um, it was a two by two. I can't. Remember. I think Willie. That's a piano. Yes. Uh, I think Willie actually <laughs> played through it. It was a two by twelve combo amp, big heavy thing, and I had it forever. Uh, I had that, and my father had an old National Town and Country guitar that he gave me. It was a fifty nine, I think. And when we moved to California in '79, everything was stolen. Oh, or, yeah, we got I mean robbed. And uh, so what it ended up <coughs> happening is I ended up with a you know my pops helped me out. I ended up with a '78 Les Paul and a, a PV. Uh, it's a 60 watt tube amp, uh, something <coughs> series. But I remember like I was like, 
oh my god, this is the tone of the gods. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and now I look back and I'm like, no, that was not good tone, man. <laughs> How was the last tone. ball? How was the 78 last ball? It, you know what, man? It, that's a sad story because it, it ended up being sold. My dad sold it for me. I left on a ski trip and I decided not to sell it. And I had, hadn't made that clear to him. So it ended up being sold. But I mean, you know, those seventies, late seventies, Paul's are hit and miss, man. And that one was like right on the edge of miss. But, but, <laughs> but you know, when you're a kid, you know, I'm just a kid, you know, it's like, I loved it. I was like, Oh my God, I've got a burgundy Les Paul. And the one thing that was cool about it is it was Chrome hardware, not gold hardware but it was all stock. It hadn't been modified. It was actually like, you didn't see him that way. So I, you know, when I look back, you know, I, I had that. And then later on I had a 63 strat oh, and nice. I don't even want to go into why I sold that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. You're way out of my, like I had a Hondo two Les Paul. Nice. The bolt on? Oh, you can't beat a bolt, bolt on, on man. Oh yeah. That's brilliant. I thought I was with that, cool. With that, well, Fender, with that Fender, the first guitar was a Fender uh, Music Master. Oh, nice, man. With the that's, a good, that's a good guitar. Right, yeah. Those are actually kind of cool. Yeah. Those. Yeah, yeah, now they're short scale, you know, so it's Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I had nothing that would have ever been worth anything. Like, you can't see it over here, but my high school guitar, and I found one. It was one of those old Ibanez Rocket Roll 2 Flying Vs. Oh. It's actually good. I played that, man. That thing sounds great. It does. It does. But, man, everything beyond that, I had a Memphis, I think. That with a Fender Fender Champ. That, I think, was my first rig ever. Well, you know, a Champ. I I love the vintage Champs. I used to have a Tweed Fender Champ, like, you know, late late 50s. um, And I sold it. And I re- that's one of those amps that I regret selling. I mean, that was just instant Keith Richards. You just turn that thing all the way up, and sure. mm-hmm. it was just beautiful. And I, I and just to now that I had the power station, just to be able to run that that little champ through a power station and beef it up to fifty watts. That, how cool would that be? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. But yeah, that was. Oh, a wait, cool that's one. now that's the that's the the that's the Fred thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I still have yet to check that out. I, I hear people just rave about it. I mean, he's, you know, man. Should hit, him, awesome, hit him up but... for doing a, a video. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I've heard guys rave about it. And of course, there is that, uh, the ox top um, seems really interesting. Um, yeah. Eric, yeah, been, been, Eric and I have been kind of playing phone, phone tag on that one. Um, but yeah, that, that seems really interesting because... It's not. It's not like a two notes because it's. It doesn't do any attenuation. The two note won't do that for you. Um, you know, it's. It, it seems like it's kind of its own thing. You know, it, it's yeah, really it interesting. Really Get it? I saw it at Nam. Yeah, I would listen to it a little bit at Nam with an old Marshall, and was like, Yeah, I think. I, I mean, it's hard yeah. to tell there, but right. I was like, Seemed. To yeah, I thought it was cool. I thought it was really cool. Yeah, it was a very I, I was, cool In concept. fact, I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking if I was going to go back to Nashville, I'm just like going, I'm just going to put one of those in my booth with no cabinets. And here's some headphones, guys. Crank yeah. the amps up if you want. <laughs> well, I was just thinking about that, Dave, because couldn't you pretty much just route every single amp via an amp, like a head switcher just straight into that dog yeah. and, and just be done with it, yeah. you know? Yeah, because we ideal. have in those racks that we have uh, from Nam. I mean, we do up to, I can do up to 16 amps. Um to switch to 
one or 16 cabinets. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 16 cabinets. Uh, but what, what kind of head switch? No, no, don't. Wait, wait. Look, this rack, right? The studio that it goes in, we just set up 16 amps in an amp switcher with 16 cabinets hooked up. Jeez. That is it's sick, man. Epic. Wow. I almost want to, I almost want to ask who the hell is that? <laughs> but uh, I know you, but, but you can't say. I know. I know. Um, hey, you know what, guys? Let's jump into chat, if you don't mind. Sure. If it, yeah. seems, if it seems like a good Give time. Give me one second. I need more beverage. Okay. Go for it. That's why I brought the bottle with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm that's why I got up. I had to go. I had to go find my stash. <laughs> you, you, you had a frontal lumbotomy, and I have my bottle in front of me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny, like Dave just said, like sixteen amps and cabs, and I was just thinking, man, I will be the man if I can switch between these three heads and my torpedo and my speaker cab. I'll be the man. And then Dave's like, uh, this one switches between sixteen heads and sixteen cabs. It's like, no, I'm not the man. I'll never be the man. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane, though. That's just like way too much. Well, but I get it, though. It just depends on what, once again, what are the parameters? What are you wanting to do? Because for right. me, it's all it's all workflow. So I would love to be able to just throw a switch and hit any amp or hit, if I want to hit my torpedo, I throw a switch. If I want to hit the cab with my mic setup, then I throw a switch and, and I'm there. You know, it's, it's it's more workflow. So even something that sounds as crazy as 16 heads and 16 cabs, it's workflow. It's like that guy can literally go bing. Well, you can bing. do it. You can just audition on the fly. Yeah, I, well, I know I can. I just got to save up the. <laughs> no, it's, not, it's actually not too bad. Yeah, Tim Pierce turned me on to that high end thing. Yeah, but, see, I'm interested uh, in that. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, there's a new Friedman product coming out. No, 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 no. The, the, the amp Pete, the amp Pete stuff is the uh, way to go. For okay, amp man, I just, I just saw that uh, uh, Henning Paul mm -hmm. he uses that stuff, and I was wondering, he's like, man, is that, is that good? Yeah, that's what we have in our in our demo racks for Nam and everything, and okay, it, come, come, it comes with a little uh, uh, desktop, little keypad mm -hmm. you can punch in whatever cab, whatever amp you want. Mm -hmm. You can just continue daisy chaining them until you're out of room. Thanks oh, for wow. costing me money. Yeah, I was so, going to say, you, you can have it, it, the, the initial one is eight by eight, so it's eight amps, eight cabs. Wow. You don't have to use eight cabs, but right. uh, like you said, you can use your load or, or your cab mm -hmm. or does, any of your cabs it, you have in your room. Yeah. Does, yeah. It, does it create the grounding problems? No, there's no grounding problems because it's all transformer isolated and done the proper way. All right. You don't have to lift grounds on anything. Mm -hmm. it's, are they, it's, are they, it's done are they really proper. Are they pricey, Dave? Um, they're a little bit of money, but I mean, there's there's always some artist deals to be had for, yeah, for yeah. that. So, yeah, yeah really I, I I get so tired of like just reaching back, and then you know you get the the one cord that's at the bottom of the four twelve. Uh -huh. <laughs> ah, shit! I've got to pull everything out just to get that one. Well, uh, you know so what? Nice. What it really does too is enables you to uh, also A B things really effectively because yeah. unless you're instantly switching between two things, you'll talk yourself in to mm -hmm. that sounds better, that sounds different, and then mm -hmm. you, when you really do it, and if you do it, have someone else do it for you blindly, mm -hmm. then that's the real oh, test, yeah. you know. Yeah, and like for us, you know, we're constantly demoing pedals, and mm -hmm. if I just have one input that can then be rerouted instantaneously mm -hmm. to five different, ten different amps, then well, both yeah. of you, 
both of you two email me. I'll hook yeah, you up. Yeah, man. That'd be great. Well, because it really is. It's, it's a workflow thing. And for a guy like me, I want to be able to audition. Like my three heads that I have here, I want to be able to just literally bing through them on a track and just yeah. play it within context in the track, stop, push a button, now I've got the next head, mm. listen. Yeah. It's, you won't it's even kinda, have to look at them. Yeah. See, that's, just be on your that's desktop so cool. right next to your keyboard. Yeah, and you can have, and you can have this guy come out with a signature Sean Tubbs one called the Ampedi. <laughs> Is that going to fall under the whole dickhead license, or? <laughs> it's a subline. It's a subline. I like that. It's a conglomerate. It's an umbrella. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, that's cool. It sounds like. Uh, hey, Dave. Uh, yeah. Just real quick, I know this is off the subject, but I was thinking about this today. Has this been done? Um, you know, everybody's doing, and I know you do the buffer box. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess I haven't studied yours, and maybe I'm going to make a total idiot out of myself. But the, when I look at pedal boards, the one thing I think about is a guy like me, it's like I've got, yeah, I've got a delay and reverb that I really dig. And for the most part, I'm going to run them to the front end of the amp unless I'm running a gained out amp. Like, say, I've got my 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 DS cranked mm-hmm. and now delays and reverbs are going to sound like mm-hmm. ass to the, mm-hmm. sorry bad to the front on a pedal oh, board you can curse, you can curse. <laughs> not necessarily bad <laughs> <laughs> but on a pedal board can can there be something built and i you know that would be not so custom more of a universal thing where you literally could have it be like a through patch bay where everything's normal across but you can yeah. say you know yeah. what instead of going to the front end i'm just going to plug in two cables and route yeah. to I, I do them custom all the time. I mean, with the one that exists now, mm-hmm. the little patch bay that I have, um, it doesn't have the normaling because mm-hmm. the normaling is a very sp- specific um, application for someone. Um, uh, but, w- I mean, even with that one, you could simply just have a little tiny jumper cable that you just jump to inputs, yeah. and it's, it's fine. Yeah. So... Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, was, but a custom one, yeah, a custom one you can totally do. That's really easy. Yeah. Cool. Well, that was the thing. I was just thinking. Well, they're, they're they're easy to be done as as a custom thing. But I was just thinking, from a guy building like you're what you're doing, and and I guess it would be difficult because it's hard to educate everybody on what exactly that is. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. so the the little jumper cable works pretty well. I mean, we have little yeah. tiny short ones, and I'm just yeah. you just even explaining that sometimes gets a little. Tedious. Yeah, arduous. Yeah, um, right. On. Yeah, so, um, but uh, I mean, that's just as easy. And in some respects, the normaling of jacks and stuff aren't always the most reliable things in the world either. Right. Uh, sometimes they get dirty and it breaks down, yeah. and then all of a sudden, yeah. hey, I'm not getting connection. And okay. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, over time, it's not extremely reliable. Yeah, all of a sudden, the guy that was supposed to be doing this is doing this. You yeah. Kind of like, oops. Exactly. And it's yeah. not connecting yeah. and there's a ground right. buzz or something because the, yeah. the ground of the jack isn't connecting properly. And gotcha. Okay. So. All right. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. It's good stuff. Um, we've got a great comment from John Constantine. By the way, we've got uh, 66 people watching right now uh, as we're, right which is a, you know, and that's a respectable number of people watching. And I want to thank everybody who's watching. Uh, guys rock um john constantine said sean tubbs so excited to see you here sir huge fan of your playing all right on john and then adam evh said sean is a badass player can't wait to hear him play for us lol um not tonight uh because uh, you would not want to hear him playing through 
this system because it you won't it, it just won't sound good not that sean won't sound good just the overall system <laughs> will sound horrible um let's see i'm going down uh oh we got my wife in there hey april how's it going um scott MacArthur, leanne has says hi timothy pierce says hi to everybody um and i just want to find some questions so you don't uh uh, we yeah. have, uh, oh, my wife says those Friedman amps rock. <laughs> yeah, well, <that's- laughs> she, she would know because. Uh, so you uh, keep turning them up too loud? Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, Sean, what's your go-to amp? I think we kind of touched on that a little mm-hmm. bit about your three amps that you that you use. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I've, like I said, I've had my divided by 13 for 15 years. So if I was going to say my go-to amp, that's it. Um, but that's once the, again, the desert island amp. Yeah. But there's parameters that, that I, you know, as a, as a professional player that I kind of live in and uh, you know, and that's, that's kind of how I kind of look at amplifiers. But yeah, if I had a desert island, it's like, well, the obvious one would be the one I've had for 15 years. Yeah. The FTR cool. 37. Yeah, for sure. Very cool. Um, we had a que- uh, comment here. TWF seventy eight forty seven says the dude pedal is badass. Mm-hmm. So they, so well, thank you. It ties the room together. <laughs> uh, Cheddar Kung Pao. Cheddar Kung Pao says, "Will the BE fifty Deluxe sound good through my Runt one twelve cabinet?" Um, and sure. I, I, I had answered that as long as because it's a fifty watt amp. As long as the cabinet, the one speaker is at least, I would say, what, Dave? At least six, like a well, 65 what, watt creamback? Yeah, what comes in that is a 65 watt creamback. Yeah. Which it is possible to blow them up because apparently, apparently, a bunch of people like to blow those up in my world. I'm not sure how they do it, but they do. Really? Part of the tone. Oh. Part of the tone. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I know. I mean, like uh, Richie Sambora blew up a couple. Um, <laughs> Um, Are they running a hundred watt head through it? I mean, no, no, no. A small box, fifty. R- really? Wow. Just wow. probably sixty. Really, you know, really. But they got to be playing pretty loud. Yeah, they got to be pushing it. Yeah, that's for, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick, I've I've played the the Runt twenty through it, and it, there's no way you won't blow it up with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I, I uh, there was a question about a, a BE twenty. Uh, which I basically said was the Dirty Shirley, or no, I mean the or one twenty. No, someone or, said someone didn't. Someone say they'd like to see a be a be in a twenty watt format or something. Yes, yeah, yeah. You know, it's Is hard. That, you know, it's hard. You know, the cost to make an amp. The cost to make an amp. It, it doesn't just because it goes down in wattage doesn't necessarily mean it goes down in price that much. Um. You're not taking out that much, you know what I mean? Like there's still the cost of transformers and tubes and stuff. So the difference between, say, the transformer set that goes in a 20 watt versus a 50 is almost no cost difference. And uh, the transformer cost between a 50 and a 100 watt is, you know, a, a marginal difference, but not a, a not an exceptional difference. But people seem to want to, you know, the 20 watt amp should be eighteen hundred dollars. And the 50-watt amp should be $2,500, and the 100-watt amp should be that price it was, which is $3,600. Well, in reality, it's like 
Well, the 50 watt is only $50 less to make than the 100 watt. So uh, I, I can't, you know, I, I don't think I can offer the right value for a 20 watt amp unless it's made somewhere else, um, which I don't really want to do. Mm. Okay. Then I was wrong then that Dirty Shirley is kind of like a BE. No, yeah, Dirty Shirley is not anything anything like a BE at all. All right, well, then don't have me do your marketing for no, you. No, we won't. <laughs> You're off the, I checked you off the list. All right, take, take that resume out of there. Um, we have a question here from uh, Chad Spidel. Dave, what do you think about greenbacks with Dirty Shirley Mini? Okay, sure. That sounds great. Cool. It's a great All speaker. Right. I mean, I don't see, there's no reason why it wouldn't sound great. Yeah, um, let's see. And it, if it's a 20-watt greenback, that'll still be all right in the mini? Yeah, it'll be fine. Greenbacks, the funny thing about greenbacks is they're really hard to blow up, I find. Especially the newer ones. They're just, they take a lot of abuse, and they don't blow. Um, somehow the 65 waters have blown. I'm not sure what the deal is with that. but hmm. Interesting. Is it just the 1x12s? In a, in a variety of formats, so... Yeah, interesting. Uh, we have uh, Peter Karras says, Dave, I picked up the Phil X amp a few weeks ago, and I must say it's a beast. I love it even more than the BE100. Cool. Great. Um, Timothy Pierce. Mark and David, I forgot the Buxom Boost release date. I am getting one. October 1st. It'll be in the stores October 1st, meaning we're already manufacturing and starting to ship. So it'll actually be in stores because a lot of the big retail stores, it takes, um, you know, it takes like three weeks from the time you ship it to it actually sees a store um, or, or four weeks even. Mm. So we're attempting to have a release date of October 1st, meaning, uh, you know, we'll see if the stores follow that. Someone always violates it. And goes early. Someone always does <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> And what do you do with that? We hear about it and we're like, <laughs> there's not much you can do. I mean, it's. Yeah, we don't even bother to advertise until the product has been in the stores and selling for at least 30 days. Yeah. Yeah, it just it takes so long to get out there. And, you know, why advertise if people can't go buy it somewhere? Yeah. No, I, I yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, all right, we got a good question from Timothy Pierce. Also, he wants to know, and this is not Tim Pierce, by the way, just so you guys know, different Timothy Pierce. Um, Chris, can you tell us more about your pedals? So, Chris, do you want to just give us kind of a walkthrough of um, the line of J-Rocket Audio pedals? Holy cow. Um, yeah, where do I start? Um, <laughs> Go to www. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> There you go. If you go, if you go to Sean Tubbs' uh, YouTube channel, you're going to learn more than I could probably tell you about. Uh, I don't know. We're pretty simple, though, because we're mostly overdrives. Um, Dave, as you probably know, overdrives just outsell everything 50 to 1. Oh, absolutely. Um, I definitely know with the one that we just did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's like, you know, we try to – we try to appeal to the player, you know, and have a pedal for every situation for the most part, you know, from the blue note all the way up to the dude pedal, you know, there's obviously marketing and spin and twist, but you know, at the end of the day, I was having a conversation with somebody today about that. 
Like, you know what? We make pedals that sound good to us, and then we just have to hope that it translates. Because I think if you start trying to chase what you think everybody else thinks sounds good, you're just spinning your wheels. And uh, so we just try to make a little bit of a different flavor for every style of playing and, and, you know, most of the stuff that we've had experience in because I'd hate to come out with a jazz pedal, you know, and <laughs> then somebody hears me play jazz, they'd be like, well, you might want to get into the amp business. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you know, that that's pretty much sums up our approach with pedals. I mean, I could go into detail on all of them, but, um, yeah, at the end of the day, what somebody might love that we make, the next guy might hate, so just a hit or miss thing so we just we build what we like yeah no i mean you and you guys have you know a pretty diverse number of pedals also um with different lines you also have some signature pedals uh the late uh alan holdsworth right you got an alan yeah. holdsworth pedal and yeah, absolutely. Um, uh there's also a tim pierce pedal right yeah well mm-hmm. you know early on you know um i don't know we we weren't really reputable enough to be working with people with big names per se, but um, we always wanted to go and try to work with players that were just players, you know, because it didn't really matter in the end, you know, like Guthrie Trapp, Tim Pierce, obviously, you know, Tim was a behind the scenes guy, but then people realize what he's done and it's like, wow, you know, impressive thing. He's a great guy. He's a great player. Um, But it's been kind of a cool relationship to watch Tim on many levels, um, grow in the public eye and not because of our pedal, but you know, it certainly is a contributor to him on certain levels. And his name is a contributor to us. Same with like, you know, Josh Smith at the beginning, um, Guthrie trap, Tim Pierce, um, you know, and Alan, frankly, famous among guitar players, but guitar players of a certain demographic, you know, the younger kids had no idea who he was. And you know, he's, he's that guy that I don't care who you are as a guitar player, whether you're Jeff Beck or Steve Lukather or whatever, he's that one guitar player that people just go, yeah, he's Alan freaking Holdsworth, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, to boot, he was, you know, one of the nicest guys you'd ever meet as well. So he's definitely missed without a doubt. Yeah, do, you ever, do you ever get the feeling there should be a school for young guitar players? <laughs> yeah, I really do. Because like, uh, you, first of all, you need to, you need to, uh, you need to listen to these guys and this stuff and you need to get a, you know, your yeah. feet wet with this. You need to realize there is a volume knob on your guitar. <laughs> you need to understand what uh, impedance is and how it relates. The difference the between distortion. Think. Yeah. The difference between distortion and overdrive. <laughs> yeah. That's true. But I mean, I don't blame them because like, when we were growing up, you know, I, do you know Lyle Workman? I'm sure you yeah. do. Mm-hmm. So I'd ask Lyle once to do a video for us. And he goes, you know, I'd love to. But because you know, when I was a kid, the only thing I ever heard about the guitar players that I idolized came out on, you know, in Circus Magazine or mm-hmm. something, you know, where you really had very limited access to your favorite players. And that's, you know, how we all grew up. And, they became bigger than life in our minds because you didn't have that constant access and you're not in their living room. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and I think that today, like you look at these kids that are, you know, five years old and they become better guitar players than we ever were within three years because YouTube is just information and, and lessons and 
And man, I didn't. I remember learning right. "Spirit of the Radio" off a piece of vinyl. Destroyed the vinyl. Still didn't play it right. And it took me years to get. And just I had nobody to show me. You know. Right. Uh, but it's a whole there, lot there, there easier was, now, isn't it? it? It really is. But there was a certain um, essence to the players back in the day because Mystery. they weren't they weren't just copying what they saw on the internet. They had to come up with their own thing. You know. That's why the the old school guitar players were so diverse. And, mm-hmm. and today, I see a lot of the kids today, though, that get it. And you see them wearing the ACDC T-shirts and the Van Halen T-shirts and the Hendrix T-shirts because, mm-hmm. you know, you don't hear that kind of stuff anymore. It just doesn't reach down inside you and, and make you go, wow, i got to learn that. So, well, and, I mean, part of, part of me makes me wonder, because everything is so visual now, um, when I was growing up trying to figure out how Stevie Ray Vaughan did his thing or Larry Carlton or Robin Ford, whoever it was, because I didn't have a visual, I couldn't sit and, and and over and over and over look at the guys playing. I was I was at least I was a lot more in tune with the feel of it. It's like yeah. there was a feel that I was trying to capture, and because I didn't have that visual, oh, there's the scale, there's the shape, there's the thing. Um, and I, it's the one thing I I hear. I, it's like I hear a lot of really great playing, and I'm not saying I'm not trying to sound like a downer on on young players, but. There's only a few that I hear where I'm like, good Lord, that guy sounds like an old soul. He listened yeah. the right way to Buddy Guy, B.B. King. You know, it's like there's a there's a certain thing that I think that's been as glorious as it is that these kids can learn so quick by watching YouTube. The downside is, is, is I feel like they kind of miss the the feel, that emotion, that pocket. It's like you don't visually see that. You hear it and you conceptualize it and you you make it your thing. That's why Jeff Beck is heartbreaking to me. It's like he's the titan mm-hmm. of guitar players, like feel wise. Yeah. And then and then the you know, you know, you can look at Michael Landau, uh, you know, Steve Lukather, you know, um, I mean these guys are all beasts, but those guys all listen the right way too. They listen yeah. to Jimmy. And they're like, Jimmy, it wasn't just nailing the notes. There was a passion. There was a heart cry thing there. And you can't really teach that. Like with my, I've been doing Skype lessons and I've had some insanely good players where they just, oh my God. But, but I have to stop them and just go, but let's talk about feel a little bit and pocket and tone. And, and, you know, it's, it's, there's more to this, this guitar. It's like, this thing is magical. You can, you can bend the strings. You can play it in a different spot. It's going to sound different, you know. And you know, it's it's that's the stuff that I think these kids that are so good. It's the one thing that I just I don't hear as much, man. I mean, and I'm not saying all of them are like. No, I mean, no, that's true. You know what I mean, it's true. That's totally, totally true. And I think, um, you know, it's. I was reminded of that recently again. I saw like some BB uh, King thing off on Facebook that he was playing in New York or somewhere. He was playing. I don't remember what uh, it was, but he was playing not with a different band. And there was another guitar player, and I don't know who any of them were to be honest. <clears throat> and he was just this one song that he has off his solo record, and it's totally a blues-based song. And you're listening to it, and he is just. Every note is just like you're just like, oh my god, yeah. that is so. The way he bent that string slowly up to the pitch and just like the way he held it there, and it was just like so much tension to it and so much. It just oozed cool. Well, if yeah. you guys could, if you guys and, could and, name players today that are that do that for you, Dave, 
I mean, it's hard today? to even get a, yeah today. It's hard to even get a handful of I don't those even guys without. I can't even think of one. Um, uh, without going old school, you know, like Ian yeah, Thornley is yeah. the guy for me that just yeah, kills it. He's but not new. He's not, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's new to a lot of people, but he's, he's yeah. Not new. But, uh, but oh shoot, um, why am I drawing a blank? Um, Blake Mills. Blake Mills. I don't know him. Man. Oh my god. Yeah, Blake is just an absolute beast. And talk about an old soul in a young guy's body. This kid, I mean, I, I'm not, he's not that young, but he's a hell of a lot younger than me. Everybody's a kid compared to me. But he's a beast. Uh, I'm in this circle. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But, you know, it's we're, like, all, we're all uh, old. <laughs> you know, like, like Blake Mills, uh, Joey Landreth. Yeah, Joey. Yeah. yeah. Young guy that. Oh, you know, Ariel Posen as well. Yeah, Ariel's a good player. It's like there's certain guys that you know they they listened the right way. Now Ian is just one of those guys that you'll never catch up with. Ian yeah. Thornley, you think you'll hear him and you'll hear the big rec stuff and you go, oh, okay, that's how he plays. He's got the Steve Morris thing, you know. He's got you know, you know, he's got all this stuff, and then all of a sudden you'll hear him like break out a slide and murder it, and then you'll hear him play a straight ahead like blues thing and just kill it because he's another guy that has listened the right way. It's not about nailing all the notes. It's about listening to what went into those notes. And there's this really young kid. I saw him playing with, well, another one of my, I love Josh Smith. That guy's got a killer feel. Oh, yeah. But there was a kid that was playing, uh, and uh, he was a young kid, long, long hair, really young, um, was slaying it with feel. And I was like, where did this kid come from? Here? You know you know, Mark, I Mark, to... uh, Mark King or King's something, not Mark King, the bass player from level 42, but I'm thinking it's Mark. So he's Ooh, just, that was a, a good pull right there. <laughs> but he, you know, he is just a beast and he's just a young kid and, and, and yeah, he's got chops, but it wasn't about the chops. It was like, this kid's got feel. This kid is the one that we should be passing the baton to. When there, we... There is a kid locally you guys should check out, man. I was watching this kid at age 12. He would come to our booth when we do the Dallas Guitar Show. His name is Matt Tedder, T-E-D-D-E-R. Oh, crap, I forgot about Matt. Yeah, Matt's a beast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and he, he's, I think he's still 12. <laughs> but holy cow, he's a great player. Nicest kid, yeah. too. So, Super sweet. Yeah, I mean, Same thing, feel for days. Like, because yeah. you look at like someone like Dave Gilmore, it's like Dave's not playing anything hauntingly, whatever. But feel. God dang, man, that brick in the wall solo. Yeah, yeah, when I heard that, I was like, I'll never be able to do that, <laughs> but I'm gonna try. Well, it was, yeah, it was yeah. like it was like the thing I was talking about with B, uh, with uh, uh, Billy Gibbons. <laughs> so he does, you know, he does all this stuff, and then the other guitar player solos a little bit in the song too. Who's a, a very good guitar player? I don't know who it was. I'm I'm sorry about that, but um, who's a very good guitar player? But you're just like, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Please go back, <laughs> and then you know, just like you know, it's just it's a different. Uh... Well, Billy, Billy's a really interesting cat because when you when you check out his rig and especially his guitars, it's like he's playing. Normally it's a no-no. Like for me, when I'm setting up a guitar, it's like I'll look at it and go, if it chokes at all, if I hear that string cacking against the fret, there's a problem. Mm-hmm. It's the action's yeah. too low. Even though it's easy to play, it's not open anymore. Now there are caveats to that, and Billy's one of them because Billy has super light gauge strings and super 
uh, low action, but he's got this touch that is just stupid. Like mm-hmm. no one, no one will ever sound like Billy, ever, 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 ever. <laughs> and that's what you're talking. Yeah, that's what I'm talking, talking about. That's yeah. what I'm talking. Well, it's just like it's just like when you saw, you know, what what happens with me is like I'll be on Facebook and you know everyone posts like some cool old footage that maybe I haven't seen before of of whoever, Jimi Hendrix, The Who, Led Zeppelin, something. And I'm like, if I see something really good, I post it on my page because I just share it and I'm like, wow, that's great. <laughs> Put it on my yeah. page. And then you just see, you just like, yeah, there was just like the page. I think I posted Led Zeppelin thing from that last show. They oh, had that was great. And, and like, you're just listening to that and you're like, God, everything about this is great. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I posted on my Facebook uh, just a, I don't know, I guess a thread ish to try to get other people to post. Like, who is a guitar player that you recall that just tortures their guitar? That just, makes that guitar just their, you know, I hate to say it, their bitch, but just to just slay the thing. Like, you know, old Van Halen stuff where he just Steve Stevens the guitar. And I, yeah. yeah, Steve Stevens. And I posted up that Gary Moore solo. Oh, yeah. From yeah. Always yeah. Gonna Love You. Where it was just, I mean, he just butchered his guitar. And, and like, I hate to say it, no offense to the Nashville guys, but that sound here is very controlled, perfect, amazing playing. But it doesn't, have any fire to it for the most part when you, you know, do the chicken picking country thing. Now, certainly right, there right, are right. players that can do it, but I just love yeah. that guitar player that just makes the guitar beg for mercy, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's very few these days. Like, you know, I think Derek trucks does it in a way. Oh yeah. But um, yeah. there's very few that just kill it anymore. And I, I love to hear that stuff. And that, again, you know, I go back to Ian Thornley, like that one solo, um, you caught my eye. Remember that? Oh. Tune? Yeah, that's yeah, always insane. Yeah, I love that. I love that <laughs> I stuff. Know, I haven't heard it. I haven't, I, yeah. But he's good. He's really good. Well, you know who- uh, sorry, I, I was going to say the solo on, uh, what's the song, Ghosts? Oh, yeah. That's where I heard the Stevie thing, that middle position. Yep. I was like, oh, man, I'll never, I'll never know how good this guy is because he just is a beast. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> and he can sing. Deal, man. He sings like oh, his music. singing is great too. He's yeah. got a great voice. Yeah, he's got a really good voice. Yeah, um, but oh, go ahead, Mark. Sorry. Um, I, I was just curious if you guys had heard of uh, Jacob Derrips. I have not. So he's a Canadian guitarist. Uh, he was uh, he won a scholarship or something with Dweezil Zappa. Okay. And uh, so he performed with Dweezil Zappa up in Canada. And he just recently performed with uh, his band at the Montreal Jazz Festival. Um, and they did, they, they played, one of the songs that they played was I'm the One oh, by, really? Van, by Van Halen. And he sings it while he's playing it at the same time. Wow. Can you imagine doing that? Singing, singing I'm the One and playing it. And he was, that, that's, a, that's one of those kids. He's 20 years old, 19 years old, and he is just ripping that guitar like what he's playing i think an arnie ball music man and he's just the neck is just bending i mean i'll send you guys a link afterward it's really really good cool. yeah it's good good stuff so he there's somebody who's holding the torch you know that's all awesome. sure. yeah have any of you guys ever ever seen this uh canadian blues guy uh uh steve hill i have not you should look him up he's he's a one-man band i know that sounds strange but this guy is actually like physically playing this cool 
like juniors and stuff and doing bass lines and all these gritty amps, like these old deluxes and different things and doing this, just he's singing, he's playing, literally playing drums and playing guitar and singing and bass lines and everything all by himself. <laughs> and he's actually recorded albums where he actually tracked it all that way too. Wow. wow. And it's incredible sounding. It's like <laughs> really gritty, gritty, cool blues rock sort of thing. What's his name? Steve Hill. Yeah, I'm always impressed with the guy that can just sing and play it. Look up some of the because you're just watching and you're going, wow, what? (laughs) Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Those are really cool. That's something I stumbled upon and I was like, wow, this is cool sounding. Cool music. I mean, Was that a YouTube rabbit hole evening? No, it was just something that's. I think I stumbled upon. You know, that was a Facebook stumble. I think you know, yeah. at some point in time. You know, that's that's, that's cool. how, how things happen. Now, yeah. oh yeah, I never sit have on you, YouTube and look. Have you ever had somebody do a video or demo of one of your products that you were like, "Holy cow, this guy yeah. is amazing"? Some, I mean, some, that that, that you didn't yeah. seek out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some uh, a few here and there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's always cool. But uh, and then I've also seen the opposite. Yeah, many times. <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> where, that's where I thought you were going at first. Yeah. That's <laughs> kind I've of seen the opposite, where the guitar is out of tune and 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 everything, and you're just like, "Wow, I wish my name wasn't on this." <laughs> yeah, that's where there needs to be an app available to the manufacturer called Explode, so you can just destroy those videos, but you can't. <laughs> right, right. Or, or the or the amp actually just explodes. Yeah, <laughs> well, I've heard plenty of those. Like it won't work for you anymore. Well, wait, sure, Sean, I appreciate this. this. So, so working in a, in a, in music retail or something at all, there there there's the th- time when you wish that you had clappers on the outlets for the amp. So you could just go, done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or a timer you set, okay, you got 15 minutes. Yeah. See ya. Well, man, it's like we we finally had it set up. So eventually, because I, I was fine, man. It's like we our, our big thing, at least my thing was, it's like, yeah, back in the day, you know, I guess I have to give you a little bit of history. Like back, like when I was a kid, the the amp to have was Mesa Boogie, like that was right. you know the I think the two C plus was just kind of phasing into the Mark three, and that's kind of where I came in. And those were amps that you couldn't find. You couldn't just walk into a shop and play a Mesa Boogie. Um, so I kind of that's kind of where my whole retail thing started. Is there was a shop in Garden Grove called Lab Sound, and I went in there to check out. Oh my God! They've got Mesa boogies, and and what are these Tom Anderson guitars? And I ended up buying, you know, a couple Mesas. And in that process, I kind of grew to know those guys, and they asked me to work for them. And I ended up working in Van Nuys, which is how I met you, Dave, all those years ago, Brower. Um, oh, right. Really? Where, where I first met you, yeah. Okay. But um, but my whole retail. Remember. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. I, was, I, I I well, it's like I kind of had to do the math too. I was like, I, you know, because I've I've known you for a long time. And we've ran into each other on and off. But I was like, oh, it was Brower, Brower Reynolds, because uh, Lab Sound Van Eyes would sometimes work with Andy on things and you were there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, like I, I got into the whole retail thing based on that. So the shop I was in was, con- you know, it was all super high end stuff. So you had back in the day, it was all Mesa Boogie. 
and all Tom Anderson. Mm -hmm. and, and my whole thing was, man, when someone comes in this shop, I do not, for the love of God, want them to be scared to pick up a guitar or play an amp, you know. Mm -hmm. sure. But on the other side of that coin, you've, you've, you did kind of have to figure out like that polite, so how do you like the amp, bud? You're killing me. <laughs> You're murdering me over here. And then, you know, and then eventually, yeah. you know, we, uh, you know, we ended up having rooms where if the store wasn't going crazy, man, I could just put them in the amp room and they could go ahead and, and just go nuts go for as long as they wanted. Yeah. But yeah, and the retail thing, you know, you did have to kind of find that very polite off switch. Cause I was always like, God, is there just a breaker that'll pop? in like maybe 15 minutes <laughs> yeah exactly that's what, that's what yeah, sometimes, yeah. sometimes you know and then other times you know you other times you're like sitting in the other room and you're hearing him and you're like wow he's really good yeah holy crap yeah and you want to like go in and see what who is that <laughs> yeah well we because that's the thing we'd have cats that would show up and we didn't know who they were nothing and yeah they would just i'd cut them loose because that was my whole thing it's like I'd sit down just for a second and make sure they were in tune with, you know, how the amp dials, the amp they're playing through, and the guitar they're holding. And then I'd hand it to them and just say, have at it, man. If you Go have for any it. questions. Yeah, and all, man, I'd shut the door and I would just hear glory. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't happen in. anymore, you know? Yeah, not that so much, That doesn't really happen man. anymore. Like, uh, funny you're saying that. I remember the time, too, in, the, in that era, at least, where they, you know they they come in and they just play and play that stuff forever and mm -hmm. but it doesn't happen anymore. Mm -hmm. No, and, and you know now the guy buys it on the internet, takes it home, yeah, and, yeah, uh, and does it at their house. Well, and the thing is, is that retail then experience, right? I think well, <laughs> but I think that retail experience is difficult now because if you have a more high end shop that's going to have you know, really nice guitars and amps, I, I've found that they tend to be a little bit stuffy. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so it, it's, it's, you feel like unless you're somebody important, you've darkened their doorway and unless you have money. And, and that's, it's kind of sad because, you know, there's a lot of guys out there that are fabulous players that wouldn't be exposed to things like yeah. that if, if they weren't able to just come in and feel comfortable. You know, because right. that was my thing. It's like, hey, can I play that guitar? It's like, well, yeah, you can play. It's a guitar. What, it would, right. you're not going to break it. You know, mm -hmm. um, but but these days it seems like, you know, it's a little bit and I understand because the other side of the retail thing is you do get these clowns that come in and tear the stuff up. But, yeah, the, the days of a guy coming in and like sitting down and just falling in love with something seem to be fewer and further between. And for a guy like me, it's like I don't go into guitar shops anymore. I just really don't, you know, because even the Dirty Shirley, I just knew it was going to be a great amp. Yeah, you just called like, me. You know, I was like, yeah, it's a 5881 amp. I love 5881s, but it's got kind of a Marshall front end. It's kind of a no-brainer. It's like I, Dave's talented. It's going to be a great amp. So even even I'm guilty of not going in and just literally sit down and sitting down and playing through amps. But I don't feel comfortable, honestly, walking into. A, I don't feel like I'm totally welcome to come in and and do that. Um, right. But but there were days, and I, I certainly tried to create that in the shops that I had with my brother. Where yeah, man, come in and and just play it's like yeah we got to keep an eye out for the guys that are a little crazy and might you know bang stuff up but for the most part how else are you going to get get to play things like that play through amps like that i mean and we had old amps too we had guys that would drop off old like fawn killer 
AC30s and stuff they wanted to sell and dumbbells and I mean we plug them right into those. It's like well if you haven't played it, yeah, here, here's the cable, there's the input. Call now, me if you need now, it. Now, you don't, <laughs> now you don't see any of that. So uh, no. no. Uh, you know, I think actually, Wayne's every, world killed it for everybody, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Every time I walk into Guitar Center, um, this one Guitar Center in Hallandale, Florida, there's one guy who is there every single week. Same huh. guy playing the same guitar, same amp. It's like, at some point, doesn't someone just say, like, dude, get out? Yeah. Well, that's what <laughs> you'd like to yes. say sometimes. But, right, uh, right. You have to find the balance, though. That was the thing. It was the one thing I learned was, you know, I, I my balance was working in shops like that was if they're not hurting anything and there's mm-hmm. nobody else in here and they're not annoying another customer, yeah, it's fine, man. It's like if this Go is their it. outlet and they want to relax and this is their zen, then I, I who am I to stop them? I mean, I'm blessed because I get to play all this stuff whenever I want. So who am I to stop them? And and you have to find that balance. Like, yeah, if you got another customer trying to listen to something or you're on the phone, it's like, yeah, you got to eventually pump the brakes and find a polite way to like kind of yeah. shut it down. But, but yeah, it's like, I, I, I've always just tried to, you know, and then I, was, I guess it's one of the reasons I got out of doing music retail is it's just, it is it, I guess, you know, in, in retail's defense, it takes a lot of energy to be that guy. You have to, it takes a lot of mental and heart energy to do the math all the time mm-hmm. and think, okay, I want to kick this guy in the balls, but <laughs> I shouldn't because how blessed am I to be in here around yeah. all this stuff? And this, he's not hurting anybody. He's not breaking anything. Right. You were very zen until the balls comment. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also like, and, and, and the, the number of years doing it will add up too. Yeah. And to I, the point I was, where you yeah. might kick them in the balls. <laughs> yeah. That's or, true. Or, or like, my own balls that's in it. I snapped. Yeah. Yeah. I kicked myself back. in the balls. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, 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 but, but I don't think, I don't think that, you know, the, that retail thing exists like that anymore. I think mm-hmm. now you're, you're, you're on the internet on your computer in the middle of the night drinking your bourbon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> true. Yeah. And you go, you know, I want that click. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's well, true. You wake up Tom, in the morning and go, "What did I buy?" Tom, Tom Bukovac <laughs> opened his shop here. It was called Second Gear, and it was kind of becoming that place where just the oh, players cool. would go hang out, and then it went out of business. It was kind of a bummer. Yeah, but it, you could. I mean, I would walk into that joint, and you know, Tom is such a sweetheart. I'd walk in there, and I, I'm just kind of wanting to hang out. And he would just insist that I play this gazillion dollar vintage Gibson. Yeah. He's oh, like, yeah. no, you have to play this. I'm like, no, no, I'm not even touching that. He's like, no, 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 you were playing it. And that's the thing. It's like, I don't remember those days. And, you know, and, and yeah, that shop was that shop. Totally. Yeah, it was, it, it was cool because you'd go down there and, you know, anybody that was in the music business in Nashville would walk in the door and it was mm-hmm. just, it turned into a hang. And it was a great place to meet people. And mm-hmm. he had cool gear but, there as well. But, but, but if he's not selling anything, he's not going to be able to pay his rent. That is true. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's like I don't know if uh, how that went down, you know, but um, that yeah, that shop was genius. It was it was that was the thing. You could walk in, it was totally relaxed. You've got vintage amps, um, you've got run of the mill guitars, but you've also got insane like what is sure. that thousand dollar whatever? Oh, you want to play? Yeah. Here you go. <laughs> it's like what? Yeah. And and also they he he didn't hesitate to like educate you and just hang out. 
and you know you want to discuss you don't know about fender tweeds well let's talk about the different fender tweed circuits it yeah. was super sweet man and those days are just those are gone yeah know? true well dave how is it over at turn tone merchant I mean, we pretty it, much are mostly a custom shop now, so so it's 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 not no one walks in for retail anymore. Really? No, no. not it at all. It used to be that way, though, right? But, yeah, but but slowly over the years, it just dies off, and then and most people, you know, if, if they do buy something, it, they call on the phone and it, yeah, gets Sean sent, and I, it gets sent to them. You know, it's like it's uh, it's a different different time. Yeah. yeah, Sean and I were talking about that. There's a few guitar stores, I won't name them, that are like by appointment only. Well, yeah, it's because like, at some uh, point in time you don't want to be like you can't you can't be here all the time or you can't have the door yeah. open all the time because not enough mm-hmm. people are coming in to really warrant it being open all the time. <laughs> you know? I don't want to say the shop, but the one that basically said, do not bring your kid in here. <laughs> What's the <laughs> sign, Sean? <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I remember because I saw the sign and I was like, okay, these people hate kids. But it was something about we're not here to look after your kids. You need to look after your kids kind of thing. Oh, that's the old That's the old school. When, yeah. when, when I was a kid, I used to go with my friend to the, the guitar store and, and hang out at the guitar store. Yeah. You know, and then like yeah. play amps and hang out and play guitars and stuff. And you're a 12-year-old kid or something. And, yeah, and you that's know, what I did. I'm sure they felt that way too. It was like. Yeah, you guys need to go. <laughs> but we would buy things every so often. So. Well, that's the thing, you know. Eventually, you 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 would go home and you'd be you'd like, go I, home, I talk to buy mom. A yeah, yeah, go home, talk to mom, and and talk her in. I swear, this is the last one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's, but it's so funny, man, because uh, you know when I started working at Lab Sound and Van Eyes, I would well, I'm still an idiot, but I was really an idiot then because you know. I, I, I was fine with anybody, man. It's like, you you know, whoever you are, I don't care. You can play whatever you want. But I do remember, like, the first guy, it was early on. He came in, really nice guy, super sweet, really good player. I was like, God, good Lord, can this guy play? And I'm running him through all, you know, back then it was like the TC2290 and PCM70s. And if, if you're real crazy, we'll put a 4EL in there. Um, you know, DVX, 160X, all that stuff. And and you probably remember uh, Tim Caswell, Dave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that switcher. With the switchers that you – Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Buzzy would come in. and But this guy, he goes through all this stuff, and I show it to him. I'm like, God, he's really great. And I kind of poke my head back in. So what do you think, man? He's like – he just kind of pointed to – like went down the list, pointed everything. He's like, yeah, I, I need pretty much all of that. <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool. And and uh, are you going to wire it? He's like, no, well, I'll need you guys to wire it. And I'm like, okay, cool. And he's like – I'll need two of those. <laughs> and I was like, who is this guy? And I, I, I was going to ask, you know, and then he finally asked me, he's like, do you know who I am? And I was like, no, I'm sorry, man, but you, you, you sound great. You're a super nice guy. He's like, well, I used to be Christopher Cross. <laughs> I know Chris. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, did I screw this up? But he was, he was so sweet and so humble, but that's the thing. It brings it back around to like, you never know, like, because there would be guys that would come in that, you know, I, I had guys that were so sweet, especially in our shop in Fountain Valley. They would come in a bunch of times, not buy anything. And one guy in particular, his name was Bruce, and he's just a sweetheart and a really good player. He he did the same thing. He bought like a $15,000 system. Mm-hmm. It's just he was just taking his time to like figure out what he wanted. And that's yeah. the thing. It's like, you know, it's like everybody 
deserves the right to come in and hang out and you know i want to get to that point in my life where i can say that to somebody do you know who i am yeah I, 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 <laughs> do you know who i used to be right. well, that, was, that was my favorite he's like do you know who i used to be i was like that's an interesting way to say it it was his way of just completely busting my balls. Like, you don't know that I'm Christopher Cross. <laughs> I wanna, I'm going to go to a Jersey Mike's tomorrow and order a sandwich. And then when they ask for the tip, you know who I am? Yeah, I do who I am. Do you know who I used to be? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That is really funny. By the way, guys, I know um, we've been on now for over two hours. Um, I want to be respectful of your time, both, you know, Chris and Sean. Uh, are you guys good to hang for a little while longer? Yeah. I'm good, man. Oh, yeah. It's, it's the most we can do. Okay. All right. They're drinking. They're good. It's the you most. It's the most we can do. <laughs> <laughs> it's right on the edge of the most we can do. <laughs> I have to give credit to Chris Richards on that one. That's a good one. <laughs> hey, we got a couple questions here. Um, I bet we do. We're probably ignoring the chat. So. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. I, you know, people are being patient, so it's it's good. Uh, Justin Espinoza says, "I'm having a difficult time deciding between a mini dis- Dirty Shirley and a Runt for a home jam room. Suggestions: Head and Cab. Both. Well, what kind of sound are you going for? Mm, They're very true. different amps. Mm. I can't like if you're going for a, a more vintagey sort of fatter sort of classic sound that go with the dirty shirley mini if you're going for a more like kind of hard rock sort of uh van halen-esque shall we say kind of uh rock tone then go with the other one with the run yeah 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 um and then uh brent piercy says dave when is your celestian friedman speakers coming good question (laughs) Those are those are actually we're just working out the final details and maybe around Nam. Mm. So we have to create the artwork for the back of them and uh, finalize the deal basically, and then they have to manufacture them. Um, so that'll probably take a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it'll be out in a while, um, but they sound really good. <laughs> <laughs> I think I heard one of them. Didn't you have one of them at the uh, at Summer we, at we Winter Nam? Yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had a four by twelve loaded with them. What are they based on, David? Uh, well, they're sort of a greenback esque sort of speaker, um, but uh, in comparison to newer speakers, it, it 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 would have a nice sweeter top end, like an older speaker would have. Um, so, like, new, newer Celestians generally tend, especially when they're brand new, have kind of a fizzy, really bright top end. And um, there's no way around it until you beat the living hell out of it. And then there's still a little bit on the bright side. Uh, so this has got a nice rolled um, top end with kind of a little more solid, a little more solid of a tone than a greenback is. A little... I want to say fatter, maybe slightly, mm-hmm. not quite as scooped, uh, like a uh, just a really good overall, like kind of more vintage greenback sort of tone to it, but with a little more uh behind mm-hmm. it. Right on. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, it's a good speaker. Mm-hmm. Um, that's cool, Dave. What are your thoughts on the term boutique from Reb from Ray Tyler? Uh, 
what are my you mean, thoughts? You mean, you mean makeup? Like, I, I don't, yeah. Like a makeup boutique? <laughs> I, I mean, uh, I don't know really how, how to answer this. Like, uh, what, is, what, what does he mean by that? Like, I think I kind of, I'm, boutique. I mean, I think I'm interpreting uh, it as kind of like, you know, like people, uh, people who classify certain manufacturers as a boutique manufacturer, like, like Wampler or even Friedman would be a boutique. Well, I, I think, honestly, I think when you, when you, when you start out and you're a smaller company, you tend to be kind of, and a very like kind of personal, personally made kind of company. It, it, it it's really more boutique, and then as you grow, it becomes a little less boutique. Uh, I mean, what what at what point is it not boutique anymore? What your sales have to be before you're not boutique anymore? Someone define it for me, please. I'm not exactly okay. sure what that is. Because and when you stop hand painting them, when this, in this day and age, <laughs> you stop hand painting yeah, them. <laughs> it, you know, in this day and age, uh, I mean, the, the the bigger companies, their sales are plummeting. The smaller and some smaller company sales are going up. A lot of smaller companies are failing. So, um, I I don't know. I wouldn't consider Wampler a boutique company anymore. I I, I wouldn't actually consider necessarily us a boutique company anymore. Yeah, um, or even J Rocket probably. I, don't I know. mean, what do you, right what do you on think? the edge, right on the edge of it, maybe still boutique, but still kind of teetering on the edge. But I mean, we're and our sales numbers and stuff. We're more approaching like an orange company or something, or, you know, not there yet, but yeah, there comes a, there comes a point like in pedals where, you know, if you're hand building these things and you're a one man show and I call them kitchen builds. I mean, if you had a, an order for a hundred units, that is a daunting task and yeah. it takes you months to build a hundred of them. <coughs> That's boutique for sure. But when you get to the point where you have to have contract manufacturing and you're ordering you in large quantities, it, yeah, then it's kind of, even though it's built the same, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think the boutique status is a little bit over with, but. Um, well, I, I've always wondered about the boutique thing because to me, whenever I heard uh, boutique, I always saw thought of that as, these are one-off pieces where mm. you've got you've got kind of a baseline thing, but you're you're literally building one-off pieces based on what the client wants. To sure. me, that that was what I always considered a boutique yeah. kind of thing. Custom um, shop, yeah, so to yeah. speak. Yeah, because yeah. it is you know because that's the thing. It's like if you how can you possibly be boutique when you've got ten thousand guys that want the product you just came up with. You can't. Yeah, you can't be. Not from the not from the aspect of, not from that, uh, uh, not within that parameter. Mm-hmm. I to me, it's like boutique, in in my mind, falls under that. No, we build literally one piece at a time, one amp at a time, mm-hmm. for one client at a time. Almost, you know. I guess it would be kind of the dumble mentality, where it's mm-hmm. just it's mm-hmm. literally you call me, a, a gazillion years later, you'll get your amp. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Matchless was like for me that first true boutique amp, you know, I know Dumbles were around and mm-hmm. things like that. I just remember that being kind of the one that ushered in a lot of people doing that. Cause you know, back in that time, that was when Klon came out and full tone came out mm-hmm. and um, Yeah. Zvex was doing yeah. the hand painted thing, mm-hmm. but uh, man, so many people jumped on. I think I read a statistic. There's something like over 3,500 different pedal manufacturers now. That's but, crazy. But the difference is, is you get, you know, you really start 
looking at the numbers of how many people can build more than 100 units a month, there's probably less than 20 companies out of those 3,500 that can actually manufacture to volume if you're going to be selling to the guitar centers and all across the world. And it's just the nature of the beast. And it comes down to, you know, as you know, Dave, financing and cash flow and manufacturing and just having all your ducks in a row. Yeah, I was, I was telling people, to do. I mean, yeah, the biggest, the biggest problem of a small company is cash, really. I mean, you know, it's, it's cash flow and management of it. Um, really, to do this properly, you need, you need millions of dollars. That's just sitting there that you can just funnel back and yeah. forth because sometimes you're waiting for your money for a while. You're not getting it back right away. You know, it's you're you're investing X amount of money for a while and then not getting the return on it right away. Yeah, yeah. Because so, it, so it, you need all, lots of money to keep all the products flowing and yeah, keep overhead. And, and it just takes time to reach that level of branding. You know, there's just no overnight success. Um, and that's the key, man, is that there comes a point where, you know, like with Friedman, everybody knows Friedman now, but that wasn't the case 10 years ago or whatever it no, might be. No, no, no. And, and so it's the name that sells. It's the name with the reputation and all of that. And it just takes time to get there. Like, you know, I don't consider us anything um, more than just probably above boutique, so to speak, because we're still new guys on the block, you know, Wamplers and JHSs. They've been around a lot longer than we have. And, uh, you know, I kind of feel like we've grown slowly, but kind of more wide, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. For, we're trying to set up a, a solid foundation. And then there are certain companies that have just grown narrow and tall. And I think in the end, when you're narrow and tall, it's the stability of the companies is uh, questionable. And I'm not saying, you know, any of our competitors are that way, but I think people get too... Um, excited about growing fast and becoming millionaires, you know, versus uh, creating a great foundation. And like I see Friedman that way as a company, you've been doing this for a long time. You've been in this business for a long time. Your experience trumps most people in the industry and you've been able to build a brand around that. And that mm-hmm. just makes it a solid foundation in my eyes, you know? Right. 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 Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it's sometimes to get the outside view, um, yeah. is is the best perspective to have. And, you know, we'll get there someday if we keep uh, managing our money and keep uh, doing the, the things the right way. But uh, I'm trying not to be in a hurry, and I'm trying not to base it on money. I just want to keep building cool stuff, and hopefully that translates and people are, are uh, continuing to dig it. Right, right. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Hard. Sometimes it's hard to be that patient. And, you know, Sean and I talk about that all the time. It's the same thing with him as a guitar player. This day and age, you can't rely on a gig because you're touring with somebody huge. Uh, you can't get a record deal and become a millionaire unless it's one in a million. Mm-hmm. So there are so many other ways for a guitar player, any musician, to start creating a brand for themselves. And I look at guys like Pete Thorne, and uh, you know, there's a guy in Australia named Brett Kingman. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they they were out doing the touring thing. They were you know yucking it up as much as they could, but. Man, they're famous, worldwide famous now because of what they've done on YouTube and yeah, you know, sure. they're they're good people, things like that. It's it's a combination of all those things, but it's amazing what the potential is. But a lot of these guitar players haven't really read that handbook yet. There's yeah. so much opportunity to have a career other than touring with somebody. You know, I see guys like Sean. You know, people just want to hear him play because he's at a different level than most players, and I really see potential in, in what he can do. 
Well, I, I appreciate that, Chris. I mean, it is. It's 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 kind of funny because you know, yeah, I play for a major artist. She's brilliant, you know. Sure. But she also takes quite a bit of time off between tours. Yeah. And, and she has a family, and sure, and 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 she's she's you know building her family. She's she's creating her life, and 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 she's living it the way she wants to live it. And she has every right to do that. And and for me, it's like yeah. You know, when we get off tour, it's a year to two years before there's another tour. So it's it's I always I always tell people I'm either walking in, you know, fields of wheat or dry parts of desert. Right. And 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 really it's it's you know, people have been so so gracious to me because when I started doing these demo videos, I really didn't think that anybody would give me the time of day on them. I thought this is going to be a disaster. I'm going to get lambasted trying to do this. And, um, and people have just been so kind. Um, and, and for me, I think what I like the most about it is uh, being interact, being able to interact with people, but it's also the edu educational aspect of it as, as an old salty dog player. It's like when I demo these pedals, I, I really take the time to make sure I'm never discovering the pedal on camera. Because right. it's like when I do long talking points, it's like, yeah, they seem long, but if you pay attention, I'm telling you how I arrived at that setting as opposed to just pointing in that setting and going. I'm telling you, like, you know what? If you start increasing gain, you're going to have to start looking at the output on this pedal because if you leave the output where it is and you dime the gain, you're going to think the pedal's awful. The pedal's not awful turn down the volume because you just up the dbs and you're murdering your amp just simple things like that it's like you know the the responses i've had back with you know were a blessing to me where i was like wow i just like literally woke some kid up or some guy up that was so struggling with his sound over just explaining one simple thing you know it's, it's for me that's been a blessing and and at the end of the day i'm i'm more known from demo videos than I would have ever been known playing for Carrie Underwood because cool. because her crowd is not a guitar player crowd you know and, and that's and that's what I tell a lot of people is like look and even people have been so kind to me like PRS and you know LSL guitars and sir and you know it's it, you know it's it's I always tell them it's like the playing for Carrie Underwood really isn't what is going to help promote this product it's the demo videos it's that demographic because those guys and and guys are the guitar players mm -hmm. those are the ones that, that want to learn and and you know yeah the whole thing has just been so flattering i mean the fact that i'm on this show is flattering it's like you know it's i don't know what i'm doing oh, here, to be we're flattered to have you <laughs> <laughs> you know it's like i'm just dude from spring hill you know it's like you know it's, it's really a blessing but yeah it's it's learning to, and there's guys that, that I think caught on to this early on, and I think uh, Pete Thorne's a very good example of that. He's a fabulous guitar player, but mm -hmm. he took he took advantage of what I call the very thing that's killing you. Um, him and and uh, especially Tim Pierce. Um, there's been a few guys. There's there's quite a few actually that are really really good. I'm kind of late to the game, but it is. It's it's uh, things are changing. The industry is changing, and you have to take advantage. You know, for me, you know, when I was doing all these sessions in L.A., it was great. You know, it was all these custom sessions and I was working with all these insane players and and the money was a thousand bucks a day. No questions asked. But the second I saw Pro Tools 4 take off, I was like, this is not going to work out well, you know, and 
and it didn't. I could I could literally see my demise happening because as as Pro Tools started climbing, I started seeing studios disappear. I started seeing the paycheck for a session go down to where it was 16 a day to a thousand a day to five a day to two a day to what's your song rate and <laughs> can you just do it at your house? It's like I saw all that writing on the wall, you know, and and at the end of the day, it's like, well, yeah. But what's in front of me right now are things I can take advantage of. I, I can be educational. I can I can take the experience that I have and put it out there mm-hmm. and see if I can help people learn about tone and, you know, not just playing crazy lines, but like just all the everything that's involved within the parameters of developing tone, feel, what amps to use, what pedals to use, but also finding your own tone, being okay with your own sound being okay with the four fingers you have as opposed it's like i always tell people spend more time trying to be the guitar player everybody wants to sound like and less time trying to sound like all the other guitar players and you're going to be on to something it's not as fun but that's how you want to live your life as a guitar player if you can you know but yeah I, i don't i don't know i'm rambling but but that's the thing it's like yeah this this youtube thing you know, there's guys out there that are really great at it. And, and yeah, it's, it's a, it's a platform, you know, that I think a lot of guitar players have ignored. Yeah. And, 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 and as a manufacturer too, um, essentially if you have to sit there and make your own videos and find the players, manage the players, make sure it's mixed, right. Make sure it's edited, right. And all this, frankly, it's a lot easier for a manufacturer to know, like, we're going to give you the pedals, you know, and we're, we're here. Here's the pedals. See ya. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. And we we're going to get, get, get a great product. Like, right. yeah, I do that with Pete. And it's like, okay, let me know when you're done. Have yeah. you done them yet? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and you're gonna get you're gonna get a great product out of it, and and mm-hmm. it's well worth whatever money it is that we spend on it um, to do that, and it, it's so well worth it because if you did it yourself, it'll be much more time, much more effort, cost you more money in the end. You know yeah, who also really yeah. Henning Henning Pauly also does some great reviews. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and the videos last forever. You know, you go pay all that money for it. Yeah. A magazine ad and it's gone after 30 days where you know you pay yeah. a guitar player like sean to do a video like he does yeah that's less and, money and, and it's way less money to pay him to do the video that's there forever than yeah. it is to pay yeah. that magazine fee that no one reads anymore yeah and, and, right. and quite frankly the, the, all you're seeing is text you can't hear what the pedal or what the amp sounds mm-hmm. like yeah. right right it's well, really outdated unfortunately yeah, and, and you know, I, 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 the hardest thing is to, to convey to, especially people that are watching the video, is these videos are a lot of work, man. It's oh, like yeah. For, for me, <laughs> Three days? Uh, more than that. Usually from the time on average, it's, a, it's three to five days on average from the time I get the pedal, get to know the pedal, and then write a song for that pedal and then go through all the, the performance video and all the content and all the editing and then talking points content and editing and then actual demo content and editing. It's usually from start to finish about a five-day process. Yeah, yeah. You should it's, make a video on how you're making these videos. 
It, that would be a 20-day process. Some people have done that. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I mean, Pete, Pete was saying similar, similar to that. You know, some videos are more in-depth and some are not. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he's got it down where he can spit one out in a three-day window. Um, yeah. But, yeah. But sometimes that is out of the box a little bit, depending on how much you have to show on the product. Um, right, yeah. It's just three to five but days. But also, after you, after you do it for a while, you start being able to – not template it, but you know, you're able to do it quicker because you, you yeah. know exactly. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this, and 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 yeah, I know I know this works, and I know this amp will work, and I know this will be good. Right. Yeah. You get into kind of a, a almost like a workflow thing, and but I also I do pay attention to what um, subscribers comment on, and and the major comment, and it's arguable, but I understand what they're saying is. You know, they get really bent out of shape if they hear that amp even sort of break up before they hear the pedal. They they're like, "Well, yeah. the amp's already breaking up." Oh, and of wow. course, you know, my answer, being a you know almost fifty year old fart, would be, "Well, these pedals are going to sound so much better into a semi broken amp than they are going to be a dead clean amp." But most guys, that's not that's not how they play. That you know, so for me. It, that causes me to narrow it down really quick to like a, like the Bella because I can make the Bella dead, dead clean. Yeah. And I, I've done it. I, I almost said it because I, I used this in uh, was one of the videos, but I almost said I'm using the Freeman Dirty Shirley, and I almost said I've got the poor thing dialed. <laughs> and I kind of stopped myself. I was like, no, I'm not going to say that. I've got it dialed really, really clean. you know. But that's the thing. It's like I listen, and I want to make sure, wow. like, okay, that's that's a set format that I'm gonna make sure that now I will say in the in the videos, look if you if you love the way this sounds like this, do a little bit of gain on do a little bit of breakup on the amp so it's just slightly breaking up and it's gonna be well, feel murderously free, good. Feel free to yeah. show both if you want, you know. Yeah, uh, well honest, because, honestly honestly the, the dirty Shirley is singing like a bird and, and you'll hear it. Through, I mean, it's dead clean. And I, it sounds killer. So, I, but that's the thing. It's those are the parameters when 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 people do comment. It's like I do listen. It's like okay, I get it. You know, it's like if if you really want to start from like a dead clean format, then that's what I'll do. You know, it it makes sense uh, to do that. But you know, at the end of the day, I think even Pete did do a video, kind of talking about the difference between like a oh, yeah, screamer and yeah. And it was fabulous, and it was very educational. So it's like a tube screamer into a clean amp is just not. Yeah, it's not it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. But if you want it to sing, yeah, yeah, turn the amp up. Yeah, and, you, you and have to get the amp crunching and then hit it with the tube screamer. Right, that's what but, it's designed to do, and that's how it should be shown. Exactly. And, yeah, and I and I used to do that, but I got lambasted. I mean, guys uh, were just. Yeah, well, I mean, whatever. Comments where I literally had to just like delete them because they were so angry. It's like you turned on the pedal, I didn't hear any difference at all. And I'm like, really? No difference? Yeah. None? Yeah, but dude, it's funny. It's Are you listening through your well, phone? Now, well, wait a minute. Yeah. Now, 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 the, now the boost pedal, though, you're gonna have to show into a dirty. Yeah. Hand. See, that's out of the. Yeah, because that one's just out of the question. That's gonna have to be into yeah. a dirty hand, yeah. you know. Otherwise, and you're my, just gonna get. Wow, it's cleaner. Loud. Right. <laughs> it's a, yeah. it's cool. a really loud clean sound. <laughs> It's funny the comments that you read though on your your uh, channel. It's it's mostly, yeah, great pedal, whatever. But man, you're playing. It's, I mean, most people just keep going back to watch the play. And I think we as manufacturers understand that, you know. But at the end of the day, 
um, it's there forever. And uh, eventually they go back and, and actually pay attention to the product, you know. I, I always find what's funny is is it's like if you are demoing an amp and you show it with delay on it, right, mm-hmm. that oh. people go, yeah, man, I, I, wish, I wish you'd just play it dry. Okay, then we play it dry. Right. Uh, I wish you would have put a little delay on it. Yeah. And yeah, then, no, then it's like, no well, people. I wish you would have shown it like it really sounds in the room with a room mic. Right. <laughs> or I wish you would have shown it, and then the opposite. You do the room mic, and then they say, well, I wish you would have shown it with like a 57 and a, and a 121 on the cone or something. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, how about we just show you everything? Right, yeah. <laughs> here's what it sounds like in the room, guys. Here's right. what it sounds like mic'd up. Yeah. And, and once here's again, what it's delaying without. Yeah. And once again, that takes forever, you know? So for me, it's like, I've kind of learned, I, I stick to kind of a set format. It's like, I'm always going to use a Warrior Under 57, yeah. always on the same cab. For the most part, I'm going to stick to the same amp because it eliminates the questionable variables. So at least guys know it's, it's like the baseline is there and this is what they're hearing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the perspective that I've gained with the, uh, you know, I haven't done as many videos as like Pete, but that's, that's one of the perspectives where it's like, you know what, I am going to eliminate variables. So that there aren't as many questions about the product. They're hearing the product. They heard, you know, uh, whenever it's a semi-broken amp, even though that's literally amp 101, is you dial the amps so where it's barely breaking up. If you want it to be really clean, you roll your volume off. Mm-hmm. And then you roll your volume back up with all your stomp boxes, and it's glorious. Mm-hmm. But it's it, for some reason, it's really hard to educate people on that because when you actually – you know, try to write that as a, as a reply in a comment section, people just get miffed. Like you're trying, all of a sudden you're trying to sell the product. It's like, no, I'm not trying to sell the product. I'm trying to edit, educate you on how it actually works. That's like but they think new, you're just defending the product. Thing. I mean, I think that ultimately yeah. that's a newer thing because, because with me growing up, it would have been, well, you got your cranked up amp that's already distorting. And you want you want to give some more distortion to it, so you're going to use your right. what back in the day would have been a Boss mm-hmm. Super Overdrive or something, right? With the mm-hmm. level on ten, the gain mm-hmm. down, yeah. ch- set the tone at will, and yeah. hit the front end of that dirty amp more, and right. it sounds great, and it still yeah. sounds great, right? And, and he showed that in one of his videos too. He did, yeah. And yeah. but that's the thing; it's like you know, like my D13. I've I've done a lot of demos with that, and the where I would have it normally set is about two o'clock. Mm-hmm. In yeah. my demo videos, Great. I have to have it set literally at about nine o'clock. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, well. And and the amp sounds totally anemic, but but you know you can't have it breaking up because for some reason people don't. It's like though I don't know what happened to those days, but I mean nobody nobody really designs a pedal for the most part that's set up to go into a dead dead clean amp. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. But but once again, for me, it's like well, if that's if that's the parameter, then I'll do my best to stay within that parameter, mm-hmm. and you know, and for the most part, it's like most of the stuff honestly sounds really good, like like the Dirty Shirley, and and I've done it with all the the uh, the Rocket Pedal stuff. I mean, for the most part, it still sounds really great. Mm-hmm. Um, but and even in the performance videos, I don't. If you look at those amp settings in the performance videos they're still set really, really clean because I'm trying to keep it deadly honest. Um, but, you know, these pedals still sound really good, but they could sound ridiculous if 
the amp was just on that verge of breaking up. You hear that, people? Turn the damn amp up. Just a little bit. And it, honestly, it doesn't have to be distorting. It just needs to be breaking up a little bit. It doesn't have to be overdriven, but just right on that edge of breakup. And then if you really want it to be clean, just cack your volume back just a little bit. It'll be dead clean for you for your clean tone. Um, but yeah, it's just that that's how I grew up as a player. And for some reason, that mentality, I guess it's the, the bedroom mentality. It's the hobbyist mentality, which is okay. But even in that respect, you can roll the master off and turn the preamp up a little bit, at least have a little bit of preamp break up and then clobber it with a pedal. It's like, you know, and we can go into a whole, you know, power amp breakup versus preamp breakup conversation. Oh, yeah. You know, that's a whole, <laughs> that's a big deal, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, Dave, would you characterize the BEOD as a pedal that really should go into a clean amp? BEOD was designed to mostly go into a clean amp, yes. In fact, almost entirely that that one was really designed to just into a clean amp, take the place of your overdrive channel, so to speak. Uh, Dirty Shirley can go either way. Really, uh, it can actually work into an, a slightly broken amp already. You know, I'm I'm sure Sean might have tried that already. Oh, yeah. uh, and uh, and or a clean amp, it can work um, mm-hmm. as a standalone, shall we call it? Mm-hmm. Um, um, the boost pedal, I mean, highly recommended to a dirty amp. You know. Oh yeah, that's you the know, best. Color and boost. Whatever. Uh, I guess my answer to the whole thing is like, look, if, if if this if you think this pedal sounds great into this dead clean amp, just wait till you turn this amp up. If you like it now, you're gonna love it if you crank it. And and for the most part, most of the most of the pedals that I do run dead clean, they're not. I don't think they sound at their optimum. They won't, but they sound good. And that's the thing. It's like, man, I'd rather have it sound great and then have the guy that does crank his amp up be shocked than, yeah. than have to weed through all the complaints of, well, the amp sold the pedal, the pedal. You know what I mean? It was the amp. The amp had so much breakup. The pedal, the product's not doing anything. I'd rather go the other way and know <laughs> that, man, this sounds pretty damn good. And, boy, if you do actually use it the way you're supposed to, it's going to sound glorious because that's mm-hmm. how it was actually designed. You know? Right. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I got a new question here from um, David John. I'm so blind. David John Peckinpow. Um, can Chris talk about his collaboration with Paul Trombetta? Ah. Any, any thoughts about helping Paul with ramping up production on more of his pedals? Yeah. Um, you know, years ago, I actually, a friend of mine named Mark Cuthbertson in Dallas, uh, turned me on to Paul's pedal. I'm like, man, that was the most fun I'd ever had playing a fuzz. I was never a fuzz pedal guy. And uh, I don't know, over a period of ye- a year, I got to know Paul. And I just knew that I didn't have the ear for fuzz. And so I asked him, hey, you want to do a collaboration? Had him design that Hooligan and the WTF. It's basically the same pedal, just a few simplified features. And um, we have been talking, uh, I don't know, off and on, haven't, lately but uh he he's just he knows fuzzes you know and it's kind of like i want i don't want to pretend like i'm the guy that knows fuzzes and mm. i'd love to see him get his stuff you know out there in a big way because um you know he, he has a really good ear but he also does you know back to the boutique discussion i mean he's sitting there hand selecting components for every particular pedal and 
to go into production with something like that is next to impossible. But um, yeah, Paul's a great guy, and I've I've always wanted to do something um, in addition to the WTF or that hooligan with him. So short answer, longer. Yeah, cool. <laughs> and now I'll have to call him tomorrow. <laughs> cool. Well, I think we've gone through a lot of the questions. Um, we're bucking up here almost on two hours and 40 minutes. Um, I don't know, Dave, if you saw any other questions that I missed. Uh, I, I, was just, I was just kind of looking through it right now. Um, um, uh, but I guess while we're doing that, um, Chris, why don't you just give us uh, where people can find your pedals and uh, sure. you know, details on, on your, your business? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the usual, uh, rocketpedals.com. Um, you know, we always have new stuff coming out, and I encourage people to sign up for the newsletter because, um, you know, that's the best way to get the news out. Um, but, yeah, uh, you'll find a list of dealers, and you can buy direct from us. I mean, you can buy direct for mostly for the places that don't have dealers in their area kind of a thing, but uh, that's the best way to get them, and, and I am going to plug – Sean Tubbs, look out for uh, something that we're doing with Sean here in the uh, reasonably near future as well. Can you describe what kind of pedal it is? Uh, it should be called a pain in the ass, but um, <laughs> it's going to be an overdrive pedal at some point, but I think we've narrowed it down to what he wants. And uh, it's it's going to be in that tour series line, but I think it's going to be a double pedal, a couple of foot switches on there. And it'll be an overdrive, but... Uh, kind of in a Sean Tub special way. That's cool. Yeah. You can call it the PETA. <laughs> yeah. The PETA. The PETA. Yes. The <laughs> but PETA stands for a pain in the ass. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> so, but uh, no, that's very cool. That's very cool. Yeah. Any anticipated launch date on that or when that's coming? Um. I'm hoping that we can at least have a prototype for the NAM show this year. I don't think we'll be able to get it into production just because of the schedule of all the other products we're trying to get out there. But um, it has taken us quite a while, when you say, Sean, to really narrow it down to um, what does it for you. Mm -hmm. We we definitely, I think we're 99% there in terms of concept, and now we just have to make it come to reality. uh, Yeah. 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 It's it's a long process because you have to be you know the whole uh, pedal thing when you're going to do a pedal that's you know like a signature pedal. It's like well you have to be really honest with yourself as well as in the person that's going to be building this and manufacturer about what you actually want. And yeah, you know it's a, it is it's a process. You know. Yeah, maybe we need to have a big competition for who can come up with the best name for this thing. <laughs> I have no okay, idea. Yeah. I still vote for the dickhead. Yeah, I was going to say, dickhead isn't going to work. I was trying to figure out, like, DH. (laughs) The The DH1. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Um, (laughs) Sean, tell us uh, where people can find you and uh, and see you. Yeah, well, man, the the easiest thing to do is just search my name. I mean, my Instagram is Sean Tubbs Music. And then with YouTube, uh, just, just search my name, Sean Tubbs, and you'll find my channel. Um, and that's that's pretty much the two. It's like I have a website, but I haven't really got that all set up yet. Um, my main focus is on uh, the YouTube channel and uh, Instagram. So, yeah, Sean Tubbs Music is Instagram. And then just search Sean Tubbs uh, YouTube and you'll find my channel. No problem. 
Perfect. And please subscribe. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, Dave, did you find anything new or did we cover it all? We covered a lot of it. There might have been some things we missed in there, but I, I yeah, I think it's fine. Okay. All right, cool. And um, unless you see anything. I didn't see anything else. Um, let me let me just take a check one last time. Make sure that we got everybody. If we covered. missed you guys, we're sorry. Yes, we are sorry. Uh, you can always email me at tonetalkmark uh, at gmail.com. Or me at friedmanamps at gmail.com. Yeah, and please subscribe to the channel. What's that, Dave? I'm sorry. And, and I, get, I get all those. So <laughs> if, if you get an answer from that email, it's me. There you go. Right from the source. Um, and please subscribe to our channel. It's tone-talk.com. Uh, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. I can't thank you guys enough. Uh, Chris Van Tassel, Sean Tubbs, uh, been meaning to have you guys both on the show for a really long time since we started. And even before we started, we were talking about having you guys on um, as, you know, early guests. So uh, it's fantastic. I can't wait to see both of you guys at Winter Nam. I know we'll, Dave and I will be there. Well, thanks. Thanks so much for having me on. Like I said, I'm flattered. That uh, that you guys would think of me. I just, it's really kind of you to have me on. It's oh, the discussion you. was so fun. Come on by. We'll we'll have some bourbon and some scotch. Uh, Perfect. So, uh, <laughs> in probably, that order. Probably in the room. Sweet. <laughs> Perfect. That, we were it's talking about behind it. the cabinets. So secret yeah. yeah. A keg. A keg back there. <laughs> yeah, we were Dave. talking. We were talking about installing that in the wall. That would be great. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Little tap. And Dave Nam will be fun. And Dave, I, I want to thank you for turning me on to expensive stuff that I have to buy now, including one of your amps. Oh, your fault. My, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, amp, but, amps, amp switchers for everyone. I don't know, <laughs> well, amps too. I, but yeah, send, shoot me your um, your address and I'll send you out one of those Rockaways. Uh, okay, yeah. Or yeah. shoot me an email at um, friedmanamps at gmail. Okay, we'll, yeah. Perfect. We'll, uh, Exchange. We'll exchange then. Cool. Awesome. Thanks. Cool. Well, it was guys fun, guys. Are, yeah, same here. You guys just hang yeah. on one second while I disconnect. But I want to thank everybody in the chat. Um, I want to thank everybody for viewing the show. Um, everybody's awesome. So thank you. Have a great long weekend. Uh, it's a nice holiday weekend. Enjoy it if you're not working on Monday. I know I'm not. So looking forward to that. So good night, guys. And uh, just hang on one second while I end this. Peace out.